It's deciding time. Welcome to our GameSpeed Decides podcast, your weekly source for guys taking video games way too seriously. I'm your host, Jeffrey Grubb. Uh, this isn't your typical episode. We're doing a 2016 GamesBeat Rewind. Uh, that's going to kind of stop right here with our Game of the Year episode. We're going to all pick our favorites, uh, mush them all together, and come up with one top ten list. Um, like I said, I'm your host, Jeffrey Grubb. I'm with my cohort and subordinate, Mike Minotti. Go ahead that's, and say hi, Mike. That's me. I'm those things. And Jason Wilson, the boss of GamesBeat. Say hi. Hello. And lead writer of GamesBeat, Dean Takahashi. Hello. How come they don't have joke titles? Why do you? Because uh, they're not jokes. Me? Oh, okay. They're not jokes, Mike. Fair. Uh, th- uh, thanks everyone for joining us. Uh, before we get started, I want to say you can get more of us on gamesbeat.com. Email the podcast at games plus podcast at venturebeat.com. That's the plus sign in there. Finally, if you like what you're listening to, be sure to subscribe if you haven't already. We are on the pod catching apps of Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, and more. Uh, while you're on iTunes, of course, five star reviews are a big help. They help people find the show. Uh, helps us grow. Um, that's that's the spiel, guys. Uh, normally, I would do an intro right here where we talk about our week or something, but it's going to be a big episode where we talk about our top ten instead, and that's going to be a whole thing. So let's just get right into that. And to do that, I want to bring up the end of our end of your list. Um, I actually have it right here, so I'm going to add that into our video stream. But does anyone know how the hell they want to start with this? So I guess I could recap what we did last year. Do you guys want me to do it? Let's go to, over what we to did do that last quick? year. Okay. I think, probably... I think Mike and I are voting in a block on this one. Oh, God. Okay. Well, we're going to talk about that because that's going to be a problem. Um, last year, we had a big list of games. And I'm adding that to the side right now. And we kind of went through, talked about all of them. And added more to the to the um. Oh wait, no, this is not. This is the wrong thing. This is the 2017 anticipated stuff. Um. So last year we had a bunch of games. We talked about them, and we decided what deserved to be on the top ten, and then in what order. And I think it worked out really well. And we think we could do it again as long as Uncharted Four isn't the game of the year. Whoa. Huh. <laughs> it happened, guys. I'm here. I'm uh. I'm uh I'm coming I out strong. I know. Uncharted. I don't like Uncharted that much. I think it's I'm a fine deaf. game. Fine. Wow. Let me see here. Okay. So wow, what? So what I think we should do game. is, we have a big list of games, and we should probably go through some of them, and maybe decide what shouldn't be considered and what what's not going to make the cut. Um. So and you, if you like this game a lot, you could talk about it. Kind of give like give it its you know, moment in the sun. Uh, but then we're going to probably cut it and move on. Make your case. Yes. So does anyone want to start? Uh, does anyone have a, uh, you know, a game that they think maybe shouldn't be on the, the, the list uh, for top 10, or at least to make the cut for the next round? Um, I mean, I guess, I mean, I have some games on my list that I kind of knew were just like things that I liked that I wanted to give some attention to, but probably aren't going to be like, you know, a consensus list, maybe even games that a lot of other people didn't play. Um, like from, for example, I really liked this year's uh, Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney game, Spirit of Justice. Um, I thought it had some of the best case the series had in a while. Uh, pretty good, like connected storyline, you know. And it was still just, you know, I always like these games because I, I kind of like those 
old adventure games where there was like a lot of kind of you know like actual inventory puzzles or just just things like that like logic puzzles whereas these days the things that we call adventure games kind of like the telltale things they're very just kind of interactive stories in a way that aren't really super recognizable as like the kind of adventure games that i like so i still kind of appreciate the phoenix Wright series of all things for that you know adventure game has always been such a bad name for those because they really weren't adventures they were puzzle games right exactly and it's like they wanted they didn't want to call it puzzle games they didn't want it to like be in the same category as tetris but mm-hmm. yeah they never knew what quite what to call them it's kind of yeah. yeah it's always it's always funny explaining that to people that like no uncharted's not an adventure game you see that's a third person shooter action adventure <laughs> game with platforming monkey yeah, Island. that's always a adventure. fun conversation yeah right. those are my favorite um mm-hmm. I'm, I'm my question about phoenix right it it I know it's a very good entry in that series. Do you um, was it kind of one of the better ones in a long time, or is it one of the better ones? Period? Um, it's probably the best of like it's probably the best one since that original trilogy ended. But it's not is it like noteworthy, like you know, in- incredible? Pro- probably not. It was definitely one of the ten games I enjoyed the most this year. But part of that's just liking Phoenix right a lot. So that's why I don't think it should you know we should be too concerned about it. Now, now, Mike, yo, is it just because it's a good story for the year? On this game, or is it because it stands out even among the Phoenix Wright games? Um, see, that's like, I don't know if it stands, like, that's kind of a, a, I definitely compared it to other Phoenix Wright games as opposed to other stories from this year, because Phoenix Wright is always kind of doing its own sort of weird, wacky, uh, you know, in LA, but we're pretending it's Japan, or not Japan thing, um, it, it was a good story. It was also a bit of the member berries, right? Because it was the one that brought back some of the characters who hadn't been in the series for a while, and that was fun. So maybe it just kind of stuck out for that. Well, here's so, the thing. I've, I've already crossed it out. Uh, <laughs> Mike, do you, do you think it's going to be on the list? No. Like, you don't think it's going to be on the list? Uh, we can, like, talk about some games, and then, you know, if um, they obviously have no chance at being, you know, well, in the finals. Um, th- they're just sort of worth acknowledging. So No, I, that's I exactly that's, what we're doing. Yeah, what, so like, yeah. so let me let me actually well, go out, because I have a game. Like, here's how my list is set up. I have, like, four or five games that I think should definitely be on the top ten. Now, I recognize that that might be impossible. So I want to ask my number six game, the one that I don't think will make the cut. I want to see what you guys think of it and see kind of where it lands so I know how the rest of my top five is going to like play out. So Overcooked, have, have any of you oh, guys played Overcooked? Overcooked is great. I have not Dean, Mike, have you guys played it? played it? Okay. Well, then you guys need to play it. Uh, For so, real. I'm not sure who Mike will play it with. You can't play it with your dog. Thank you for reminding me of my perpetual loneliness. <laughs> Game of the year, Mike's loneliness. Yeah, um, but I, I think as Jeff, Jeff and I will attest, um, if you have a partner, it's a fantastic game to play with them. Yeah, we um, my wife, I had family Jeff, over for Thanksgiving and we played it. Yeah, do, do we played play it with, with like Steph? a whole group of four. Uh, so we played it with Steph. I played it with uh, Steph, and then we had um, a Thanksgiving party where I had everyone over, and we had the right number of players at the right time wanting to play video games, and I popped that in. I actually okay. buy it. I actually bought it like right at that moment because I'm like, you know, I heard it's good. We have the right number of people. Let's get it up there. I have all these controllers all charged and ready to go, and it, we played it for hours, uh, way longer than I anticipated. Yeah, so the conceit there is you've got a restaurant, and you've got to get food to people, and you've got to make all the food, cook the food, and then ship the food out. And each kitchen changes, and the, the orders come in differently, and the recipes are different. And it's really kind of a puzzle game, but with a timer on it. That's... Sounds like a bit like Diner Dash. Oh, it it's is. a lot better. 
but it's a lot better. That's right. It is, but it's a lot better. And it's, um, it's multiplayer where it's for like, it's all, you're all working together and the levels are always changing. And so you can't just do one job. You can't just be, Oh, I'm doing dishes. Cause it won't work like that. Cause the level will begin shifting and sliding and you'll get pushed out of the dishes area. And then you'll have to take something else on and you'll have to communicate with your partners to say, Hey, those dishes are now stacking up and I can't get to them anymore, or at least not as quickly as you can. Yeah. So it, it creates this really great communication driven game that, uh, I really responded to, and I really, I thought it was quite amazing. It's, it's like, I think it's gonna be number six or seven on my end of the year list. And, and what's really cool about it too, is, you know, you have a finite number of dishes, so you can't just sit there and say, well, I'm not going to do dishes right. because come on, like I have, I have 10 dishes. No, you don't. No, yeah, it's all dishes. Someone's got to wash. Yeah. The, the economy of like of the game of the, like how much resources you have like dishes for example is one of the limited ones it's so perfect for creating these really tense moments of being like dude no you have to get back on dishes we're screwed you can get a bun get a bun later but right now we need dishes do dishes then get a bun do dishes then get a bun and you just start really kind of getting tense and crazy and it almost always ends in yelling and then laughter because it's just so much yeah, see I, I worked on an, an actual kitchen line that sounds like uh uh, post traumatic stress disorder to me. <laughs> I mean, it might be, but uh, but yeah, I don't know. It was very good. It's got a cool storyline as yeah. well. Now, um, this is this is this is a Sony and a um, Sony game, so it's only on PS4. No, no, I I played it on Xbox One. I don't. Played on Xbox One. Okay, excuse me. I know yeah, it I'm, from. I'm, I know it from PS4, but okay. Yeah, I think great. I think it's on. Uh, I think it's available on everything. That's great. Uh, it was my favorite co op game of the year. Yeah, definitely. So. Uh, here's here's my thing. I want I don't want to scratch it out now, but I, I just want to make it clear that I think that it's possible that it could get pushed off the top ten by other things. But it's like for me, it's one that I would expect to kind of be on the borderline when we're, when we start talking. So uh, well, is it okay if I don't? It, yeah, go it, ahead. It's not. It would be number eleven on my list of top ten. Okay, so yeah, so that's exactly what I'm. Yeah, so that's where I think it might end up uh, uh, on this list. You know, somewhere in the top twenty, not in the top ten. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to scratch it off yet, but I will. Let's uh, come up with a system. Um, I'll italicize it or bold it. Uh, yeah, say we talked. But it was it. it was certainly my favorite co-op game of the year, and it, it's one of those games where if it continues to receive support, um, I can see myself playing it with my wife, and then later with my children when they get old enough and dexterous enough right. um, to handle the All speed. Right. It's fast. Yes, it is, and you have to again. You have to be able to communicate and recognize things. Um, Okay, Dean, did you have one that you said that you were talking about how we should recognize games that might not make it, but that could still uh, still worth talking about? Yeah, Do you have one of those in mind? Know, Ghost Town Games is the folks who made Overcooked. They did a okay. fantastic I don't, job. I don't think anybody except me was really excited about Quantum Break. Um, You're the only one. <clears throat> yeah, I liked it, and I played it through twice, you know, just to be able to um, get access to the different uh, videos that you could see. You know, it was the first game where you could play an episode of the game and then uh, switch over to the villains and uh, watch the TV episode of the villains point of view. Right. And then they did that uh, through five whole different uh, uh, choices that you had to make each choice you made would trigger a different video. And so it was a very um, innovative approach to, uh, to making a game. And uh, I think uh, they just sort of fell down on the execution and, uh, and people kind of really hung them out to dry because uh, there were some bugs um, with the game. So Yeah, um, I, my problem was yeah, I played that game right after Uncharted. Uh, and so I, after playing it on, after Uncharted, it was like, 
oh, there's people that know how to make these kinds of games and people who are still kind of figuring it out. And Quantum Break felt like a developer still figuring out how to make a third person action adventure shooter game. Because I just remember there was um, I was in a garage or something or I was escaping this place. And one of my mission objectives was just like leave the garage. And when I did that, I, when I saw that, I was like, OK, why is why am I doing why am I playing this video game? Why am I just moving a man from inside the garage to outside the garage? Uh, why is that not either like something I, ju- I just happen to be doing while doing other things that are fun? Um, or why does the game just not just cut to the next thing so I could just jump from one fun part to the next? Um, Uncharted, you know, I never had that moment where I was like, why am I doing this thing? It was like, oh, no, the game is guiding you through this really great roller coaster ride. I never stopped being fun. Um, but where Quantum Break was just like, I, I don't get half of this game. Half of this game feels like pointless uh, filler that just doesn't make sense in modern gaming. Yeah. Um. Yeah, did you want to say anything else about Quantum Break, Dean? Um, well, I think that uh, if uh, you know, if you if you if you gave them like a like a a couple of patches or so, uh, and after after you play that again, uh, then you know, sadly, the game becomes you know much more playable and much better and uh, worth a second look. So if if you skip this game. Uh, you know, during the year, I think it's probably worth going back to and saying, "Hey, you know, uh, more objectively now, just for the sake of fun, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this game a, a play." Uh, plus, it's been patched. You know, so. Okay, that sounds good. Um, but you know, here you are. You're talking about it, and I I still don't know what it is or what it's about. This is the thing I mean, that was always with me. It's like this, you know, Quantum Break doesn't tell me anything about this game. Yeah, I. Well, they, they, you know, I think as far as like um, the f- sophistication of, uh, you know, like time travel stories are just as complex as they could be. Like you're going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And the other guys are going back and forth, too. And you're trying to stop them. You know, it's sort of like uh, you know, trying to stop the Terminator from, uh, you know, um, launching Skynet right? or, or killing the guy who's um, you know, responsible for defeating Skynet. Right. Um, it's like how how do you construct the plot um, and uh, maneuver through that plot in order to actually um, uh, accomplish what what you need to do, which is to defeat the other guys who are manipulate manipulating time the same way that you are. And I I, I thought that uh, they did a very good job with the story in that respect. Yeah, I it it was. The st- I thought sounds- the story could have been could have been interesting, but it just it wasn't enough to hook me through the gameplay. That sounds utterly uninteresting to me. Yeah, yeah the game. I mean, um, the gameplay um, uh, sort of challenges late in the game get very interesting. Um, uh, just in your ability to stop time, you know, uh, move to a different place, and then shoot somebody. All right, we, we got to pick up the pace or else we're going to spend like 15 minutes on, on every game. So I have a um, suggestion. Maybe maybe we should just uh, like all make our the cases for the games we think should be on there. And then at the end, we can kind of talk about maybe like the things that we recognize are going to be on there, things that we just want to give a quick shout out to. Well, how, like, how about this? Let's do um, everyone pick one game you think should definitely be on the top 10. Oh. Uh, so, we'll, Mike, we'll start with you. Pick one game you think should, should definitely be on the top 10. We'll start building out that list and then we'll come back and maybe do another round of cuts. 
Uh, Alright, well, Overwatch. I'll just go out and put that one out there. All right. Controversial mm-hmm. choice there, Mikey. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know, but it's just so good. It's just, it blows my mind just how well done every aspect of that game is. Just like the the the, uh, the scenery, the characters, the animation especially. Like, you could just write a book about just the animation of that game and just, it's like bringing that kind of Pixar quality to a, to a video game. And then just like the, like the competition of it it is like it's already getting esports play right like so many games come out now like oh we're gonna be an esports game everyone's gonna play us competitively it doesn't really happen and overwatch is already as a esports team because it's like an actual fun competitive game to play um you know i I, one of the the first online games i played was team fortress classic the the half-life mod and um you know this is like me being uh 12 or whatever and being online you know calling people noobs and trying to learn how to play a medic and those are just such that's just like kind of such a fond memory for me and I remember like really looking forward to Team Fortress 2 which took forever and um that finally coming out and that was fun and this game just is, kind of blows what those two games did uh, out of the water in terms of like that kind of team based combat with these like really interesting characters slash classes uh yeah just completely in love with this game uh just played a ton of it ever since it came out I'll probably be playing it for years to come yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you on that. Let's uh, let's move on. Dean, why don't you pick one that you think should be on the top ten? Uh, I pick uh, Uncharted Four. How about that? Oh, surprise! Yeah, see, that's why I didn't pick Uncharted Four. <laughs> and that's why I went to Dean next because I, I I can predict this. Um, why don't you kill it? Let's do a quick thing on Uncharted Four, Dean. Why it should be on the top ten for sure? You know, I, I think if you look at any single screen, um, in the whole game, and then you just freeze it and you go, what to, what to me looks, you know, flawed about this screen. Uh, you, you can't come up with anything, right? I mean, yeah, visually fair. it just looks so perfect. You know, the human animations, um, are, are done in a way that while they're, they're not perfectly, you know, um, over the uncanny, uncanny Valley, yeah. um, there's nothing distractingly bad about them like there are in most other games, like the movement of the characters, um, you know, they, they've, they've handcrafted it in some way that uh, they, they've taken out the flaws. Uh, so, you know, there's this naughty dog attention to quality uh, uh, in the voice acting and, you know, uh, the, the framing of the characters and, you know, in just about every shot, you know, the conversations that happen, uh, you know, take out the fact that it's a, a shooting game. Uh, it just looks, uh, you know, absolutely stunning. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's. Uh, I. I'm not gonna argue against most of that. Uh, Jason, why don't you tell me your 100% is gonna be on the top 10 game? Well, for me, it's gonna be Darkest Dungeon, and this is a game that I'm not sure Dean played, and I'm not sure Mike played. Jeff, did you take a look at it? Yes, I played it. Uh, uh for about five hours. Um, I. I dug it. It was definitely cool, and I want to go back and pl- pl- go, go back and play more. Yeah, so it, it's a role playing game. It's turn based, but it, it incorporates some um, mechanics like permadeath from a roguelike, which is a type of role playing game where you go into a dungeon, and for every step you take, the monsters take steps, and your food is measured out, and you've got to continue eating, otherwise you die, and incorporates that aspect too but what's really cool about it is it it plugs right into the lovecraft 
storytelling vibe of stress and insanity and how that plays a role. So you're going into this group of dungeons that come around from your ancestral home and you're defeating all these whores. But as you're going through, when things aren't going so well for you, one of your characters might go insane and they might pick up a negative trait or it might turn them into a trait that goes into a positive. And when you go back to your village, you can go to the sanitarium to take care of these traits. They can get sick from in there, from these disgusting monsters. Uh, there's a great deal of creativity that comes about. The systems are really cool. The classes are being added to still um, by Red Hook, the developers. And it, it's, a, it, it's one of those games where you really think about every move you make. You think about your party composition. You think about what gear you're taking because you need to really take gear, including stuff like shovels to get through obstacles. And every step can be kind of thrilling, but also increase this level of dread that you have. And very few games accomplish that, especially role-playing games. I, it's definitely one I was I want to spend more time with, uh, and I know a lot of people love it. Um, so so yeah. Um, all right, I'm, I'm gonna pick one for me. I think Doom. I think Doom's probably sh- should definitely be on the top ten, maybe the top five. Um, Doom is one of those games that super surprised me. I was not anticipating it at all. I expected very little from it. When I started hearing good thing good things, I was like, okay, maybe I'll get into this. And then when I started looking at it more and like looking at video. And reading what people liked about it, I was like, okay, I have to try this. So I booted up the game and got into it and was just blown away. I think the biggest thing is the the style and then the, the speed of the gameplay. So it's a very fast game. Um, the combat, it, it's you, you run at enemies, you take them on head on, and you can't sit back, you can't get behind cover. That stuff just doesn't exist in the world of Doom, uh, and it, it, you'll get punished for doing it. And so it's, it's very different from a lot of games that have come out in the past couple of years uh, for rewarding you and encouraging you to get out and actually just take take stuff on uh, immediately without hesitation. Um, on top of that, the style, uh, it just feels like a real rock and roll, heavy metal kind of game. And I thought that there was no way of doing that in a way that wasn't lame anymore. And this game proved me you can just... You could turn into it like it's like you, you can embrace it head on and and say no, we are a heavy metal album cover. That's what this whole game is, and we're gonna we're, we're not gonna shy away from any of that. And it really just paid off in the way that the story comes across, in the way that the the Doom Marine uh, is like this mythical creature of just killing demons, um, and, and how all the demons are afraid of him. Uh, because he's just he just comes in he kills everything oh my god this is this is terrible and i i love that stuff and i love the way it came across and that combination of stuff really kind of stuck with me for, for and, and i think we all owe dean an apology because when we did the uh, most anticipated games <laughs> 2016 very early uh-huh. in 2016 we all laughed and made fun of yeah. him when he said he was looking forward to the new doom i know and we totally we didn't put it on the list i think right i think i think it fits in the like you know um you know the list of games that have had high quality reboots um in with modern graphics right and mm-hmm. so like you know a modern story, reboots uh, just like uh the lara croft games tomb raider right? mm-hmm. definitely so, uh, I, I i sure liked how they they absolutely made you move right and and so whenever whenever you're faced with overwhelming odds uh, in any given battle the best thing for you to do is to move and to try to try to take out all the demons um, while you're on the run. 
it, it's just so funny how those old school sensibilities are suddenly like a, such a refreshing yes. change of pace now from like every other shooter we get these days with you know the cover and the regenerating health and the you know all that stuff. Yeah. Okay, so we're starting to make hay of this list. It's starting to look a little bit like a top ten, and the four consideration games are. We're starting to knock some stuff off there where things are starting to make sense. Um, I guess maybe we should just do another round where we pick uh, games to put on the top 10. Just going back to Mike, maybe we keep doing this and see how many games we end up with. Maybe we can get around like 15 to 20 and then start paring that list down. And then we can look back at the four consideration games and decide what else do we want to talk about before we end our, uh, our discussion. So, so Mike, what else would you put on the top 10? My next one would probably be Final Fantasy 15, actually which was uh, a bit of a surprise for me after that long development cycle. And kind of like, you know, every time you saw that game, you would be like, ah, is, that, is that even Final Fantasy? I'm not sure. What is this? Just four guys. It's an action RPG. Um, it just ended up being so much fun to play. That combat system, it's kind of almost like a Doom thing, right? Where you, you, you hear the genre, you think you're, you're going to know what to expect. Like you thought this was just going to be Kingdom Hearts or uh, kind of something like that. And it was just it was such a slower kind of a pace of a combat system was so defensive focus and the coolest thing about it was just like the way you fought with your ai friends and the way like if you you know landed a perfect attack like behind an enemy where they were weak like your friend would just seamlessly like join you in the attack like uh, the one friend would like throw you his gun so you can you know shoot him with a gun and stuff like that and it, it still was able to do those kind of big final fantasy moments where like the scale would be ridiculous but since it was happening real time and in this open world like when you summon a, a titan to come in the fight and he literally is just running across the open world and just you know punches his giant hand down there uh that was just really really neat and uh kind of like a try there's just some moments in this game that was just so beautiful there's just one town you go to which is kind of like I would, I would describe it as Venice with a lot of like waterfalls. I was just and there's this extended sequence where you're just going into the city, and I was just like looking around, like wow, is this cool? It's also and, one like, go ahead. And the game didn't fall apart for you at the end. I know some people that's their big complaint is it there's it a bad there's a bad chapter towards the end, and it's and it's it's a bad chapter, and it might have soured the whole experience. It's the actual end. Like there's still a bit more of game after that. And the actual end was very strong without yeah, going that's into what I, it. Yeah, that's what I've heard. So I, I'm surprised why people let that bother them yeah. so much. So, so yeah, um, I, 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 it's definitely on the. I think it's definitely on the list. It's you seem really high on it, um, and I'm, I'm surprised because I, I know there was some skepticism. I had some skepticism, but you went in there and you came away really impressed. Yeah, and I'm well, a, I'm a fan of this series too, and so I have that baggage maybe a little bit where maybe I don't know maybe I want to succeed, but I thought it was super fun. I was really happy with it. Well, what's really interesting to me is how the side things can hold that game together. And for me, it's not necessarily the side quests. I love taking pictures. I love Prompto's mechanic. And I love, at the end of the day, going through those pictures, saving them and choosing them and taking a look and saying, oh, I remember doing that. And like, oh, that's a great angle. And it's like, oh, that's so stupid. Why did he take a picture of that? Mm -hmm. And and for me, I, I've derived a great deal of my enjoyment just from that. Yeah, and without giving away, anything away, there's a big payoff for all those pictures that is just uh, really cool. Yeah, this is like one of the few – like usually when I beat a game, I'm done, I move on. I keep going back and playing the content I miss. Like some of the coolest stuff in this game are like the optional dungeons that you don't have to do. And they don't feel optional. They have their own bosses, their own kind of incidental dialogue between the characters and, and just stuff like that. It's just – yeah, I, so much of this game. It's a lot of content. 
Excellent. Um, all right, Dean. And Dean, you're muted, but we're going to have you pick the next one. Um, what game do you think should be on the top ten for sure? Um, so I, I could start an argument with uh, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. Oh, God damn it, Dean. Uh, I think that should be in the okay, final wait. list, too. Um, Before you start there, no, they, I, want, I want you to say, is it – so that game has a lot of parts. Do you, uh-huh. How do you yeah, feel I about mean, the single player campaign? How do you feel about I, I think, uh, zombies? I think their decision to bring in uh, the Naughty Dog guys and instill some of that attention to detail in the story um, and uh, the single player campaign, uh, beefing it up uh, with uh, real characters, um, like a, a memorable first uh, or main character, um, you know, a you know very interesting uh, relationship um as far as to the, the rest of the um, characters as well, you know, kind of like a funny sidekick robot. Um, but this idea that, uh, you know, he's a, he starts out as a super soldier, you know, one of the hands-on grunts uh, who gets all the, the work done, either as a pilot or, or as an uh, on-the-ground soldier. And then he's got forced to become a commander. And he, he thinks he can sort of do both things at once and... and be a super soldier and be a commander. And then, you know, during the course of the campaign, you, you find out that that kind of breaks down and that you can't actually uh, be both a good commander and a good soldier uh, on the ground at the same time. And, uh, and then there's consequences for that. And so, like, um, you know, they, they, they have this um, uh, arc to the story uh, where your main character changes. Um, and by the end of it, you know, there's definitely these lessons and these changes uh, that happen. And so you just don't really um, expect that in any kind of Call of Duty game, uh, you know. And uh, on top of that, they overlaid all of the science fiction on top of the traditional Call of Duty. Uh, they threw in, you know, the for free, uh, the zombies game, as well as uh, Modern Warfare uh, Remastered. So I, I think free. as far get, as like the, the kind of total experience that this delivers, um, it's uh, it's really cool. Yeah, you, just, you have to pay for the uh, the special edition to get modern war, war modern warfare. So that's kind of I think out of consideration for this package. But uh, I do hear I I hear a lot of good things about that single player campaign. I I just haven't played it yet. Um, all right, Jason, your your go. What are you throwing up on there? Okay, so the next game I'm going to throw up is going to be one that I'm not sure any of you have played, and you're going to be surprised, and I don't think you guys are going to back it too much, but it's going to be Dragon Quest Builders. Yeah. This is one I really um, wanted to play, actually. I'm like, I actually looked at prices um, this weekend to see if maybe I could get it and try it out before this conversation that we're having right now. So I'm willing to hear you out. So... If you enjoy Minecraft, or if you enjoy building games, and if you enjoy goal-oriented games, this blends both very well together. Uh, the hardest thing for me to get into Minecraft is the fact that there are no goals. And I like a little bit more structure than that. And what I really like is giving my kids a little bit of structure, because they kind of need it. They're all over the place. They're crazy. And with this game... They're able to accomplish the goals. Their goals are easy enough for them that, you know, a six-year-old or a four-year-old working together are able to do it. And at the same time, they get this really cutesy world of Dragon Quest, something I've been wanting to introduce them to. And, you know, Dragon Quest Seven, which came out on 3DS this year, is just 
too complicated of a role-playing game for a six-year-old. Uh, as much as I would love to throw them at it, it's 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 too complicated uh, because of the puzzles and uh, some other aspects of it. And but he's seen these little slimes I've had, or games where I've had the slimes, and he's going, "Oh, that's so cute! I want to play with that. What is that?" And with Dragon Quest Builders. I've been able to give a chance to place building, plus a chance to do some fighting, plus to introduce it to the, you know, just the, the fantastic world of Dragon Quest. Um, it's an excellent game, and it, it's too bad that it seems to have flown so low during the fall season. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually really disappointed in myself for not playing it, because it sounds like one that I at least should experience, and it also sounds like one I'd probably end up loving, so I'm um, bummed about that. Um... Okay, so for me, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm mad I have to use my, like, guarantee on this one. But Titanfall 2, uh, it should definitely be on there. Um, it was the best shooter of 2016 in terms of having both a, a story campaign and multiplayer. Um, I think its multiplayer is right up there with Overwatch. Um, it, it, maybe it hasn't as long, uh, as much time to mature and become this really great thing where everyone understands how every character works and and everyone is, is into it and the developer is expanding it with a bunch of different uh, additions and things like that. But it, the combination of going from that story, which is a Super Mario Galaxy 2-esque platforming shooter that I've never really seen before, I never expected from this game, where every level gives you something incredible to do it build it, it's a, it's like it's like a really great story in terms of gameplay where that the, these great nuggets of gameplay are introduced the levels show you how to use them and then they force you to use them in really interesting and fun ways uh, that challenge and can sometimes just you know mesmerize you uh, there's one level and I you know, we're we're doing spoilers because it's end of the year right sure so effect and cause this is like the best level of the year i think if we if we had a category for the best level in video games in 2016 it would be effect and cause this is where you get a time jumping mechanic and it's just this one level where it happens and instead of using your right bumper to i, I don't i can't even remember what it normally does i think it makes you turn invisible in this one it makes you jump back in time to the same environment but like 20 years ago or you know five years ago something like that i don't actually don't i don't know the timeline um but you could do it instantaneously. So you're jumping between these two environments that are the, it's the same place, just different times. So there's different things happening in each. And I remember one moment I was going up to a guy in the, like the, the destructed, uh, you know, the, the current present timeline. And I just hit the button. I jumped back in time. I walked through where he would have been, turned around, hit it again, came back and just took him out immediately. And it just was like, oh my God, this is such a good idea for a time travel mechanic in a game that I haven't really experienced before that i it was really mesmerizing like i said um and then there's the, the multiplayer which i think they just built on in a really smart way they uh I, I really like bounty hunt i like the way that it forces you to compete in the map at, at, at large and then during in between rounds of the map you're not sitting around waiting for the next round to start you are traveling to these banks to cash in your cash and you can also if you didn't do very good during the round you can wait there to ambush the enemy team and steal their cash so you can cash it for them. And it's, uh, yeah, it's incredible. I, I, I'm, it's definitely my favorite game of the year, I think. Well, since you did the uh, time travel spoiler, I would, I would go back and say, you know, if you, if you like that, then, you know, the quantum break stuff uh, for time travel is actually pretty cool. 
Yeah, I, I it's hear not you. it's not executed in quite so um, gameplayish a way where you know one quick button uh, you're back. You can just sort of do it just like that. But uh, uh, you know, I think they had clever ideas on time travel as well. Yeah. Okay, so let's see. Yeah, we have one, two. I think we have like eight games on this list. Um, I, I think we're we're making progress. Why don't we just keep doing this until we kind of get through, and we don't really have any more games that we're f- we for sure want to add. So, Mike, right back to you. What else would you put on here? Uh, like the ones I think are missing that maybe I could you know actually convince you guys. Uh, yeah, I think I think some of our people really. I think a bunch of us like Civilization Six, right? I think that maybe belongs on that list. Maybe a little bit on the, the lower side, but. Because it was definitely a very, uh, I think it was a good improvement over Civilization Five. I think it made that series better uh, in a lot of ways, specifically through the the town building mechanic uh, and how that was kind of different. You're building these districts and stuff like that. Um, it was just kind of really interesting. It's just it also just a very pretty game. I really liked how they kind of stylized the graphics just a little bit. Like it's it's not like these characters are ridiculous, but they definitely have a lot more life to them, and they they kind of have they just have a lot more personality that they just sort of uh, give away whenever you're talking to them. That's just really, like, every time, like, a, a world leader wants to talk to me, it's just really cool just, like, look mm-hmm. at them and see, like, the way they're kind of flailing about there. It's, it's just, like, such a calm game to play, uh, you know, taking it turn by turn, uh, listening to that pretty music, expanding your empire, trying to, you know, get a cultural victory or, or whatever, all the different ways you can play. Um, just a super uh, well-done game. All right, Dean, back to you. What do you got? I would throw out um, uh, uh, Deus Ex Mankind Divided. Uh, I think they did a, just a very you know, uh, good job of painting the atmosphere of this um, you know, post-augmentation, uh, human augmentation world. And uh, uh, you know, they, it, it holds up that very nice mirror to our own society. Uh, their fear of terrorism is driving everything, right? And uh, it's demonizing uh, people of a certain class. In this case, it's natural humans against augmented humans. And that whole whole sort of uh, story built around <coughs> built around this, uh, to me, uh, was just uh, so well done and so uh, so. Uh, able to deliver messages about what's wrong with the way we're living right now in our own society. Sounds good. All right, Jason, what are you putting on here? So I'm going to put, <laughs> it's, as much as I enjoyed Civ Six and thought it was, a, and it is a really great game, uh, I think the better strategy game is Stellaris. Um, Stellaris is Paradox first foray into sci-fi and why there is some combat you've got less combat if you play it in certain ways and more just more options and how you grow your empire that you do in a civ game um there are some aspects of civ i like better but the ambition of stellaris especially because you know you really want to focus sometimes on just exploration more so than in civ um feels different that said you know the stellaris isn't even paradox's best strategy um they're you know games like crusader kings and europa universalis are better games but those did not come out this year 
Um, I'm gonna put Hitman on here. On here. Um, this is another game that uh, that surprised me. I don't have a lot of love for the Hitman uh, universe, the Hitman series. Um, you know, I also don't have a lot of love for ep- episodic games. And IO Interactive did all those things in one, and it came out. And it was really great. Uh, it, and it, it's kind of great because it's an episodic game too. Uh, what happened is earlier earlier in the year they released the first level, this Paris fashion show. Uh, you go in there, you do the mission. And then you have to wait for the second episode to come out. So what do you do? You go back in and you start replaying the Paris mission over and over again, or the, the developer starts giving you new uh, new targets in the same environment. Uh, and you play it over and over and you get to really know these levels. And Hitman doesn't shy away from the fact that it is a video game. So you're not going in there trying to be like a real assassin. You're going in there being a video game assassin. Uh, you're uh, stealing costumes and no one recognizes you if you stole if you stole the right uniform. Um, uh, and it's just, it plays really well and it gets to a point where it is both incredibly exciting and incredibly dumb, um, and dumb in a very good way that I really appreciated. Uh, I, I can think like during that fashion show, there's this helmet Kruger character and he's like this super fa- famous, you know, fashion model. Uh, and he looks just like agent 47. So you go in there and you steal his uniform or, you know, his costume, uh, put on his makeup, uh, you could go out there and walk the runway and no one recognized you at this point. So you're completely invisible. You He's basically basically like the the skeleton key that unlocks everything in that world. Uh, and then, you know, a few weeks later, Wait, I'll interact. So you're saying you're saying you're saying a model is the skeleton key in this world. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> and he uh, and then, you know. And IO, Active, IO Interactive a few weeks later, they come out and they release another another stage, another environment for you to do the same thing with. And they did this throughout the year. Uh, and now it's this incredibly well put together package um, that you know I can't stop myself from going back to and playing over and over and over again. So, yeah, I'm uh, putting that up on. The so this 10. episodic gaming of theirs this year, it, it's an experiment that works. Yeah. Oh, it definitely worked. Yeah. That's so interesting uh, because it, it, it's one of those series where you, you don't think episodic gaming for Hitman for something like that. Yeah, um, but, but I think they they kind of found something that with episodic gaming that you kind of need. You need to have this reason to go back and play the stuff you still have. Um, they're, they're, you know, if you're doing something in the way that Telltale does with its storytelling where you're waiting for the the story to conclude. That's one thing. But I think for a lot of other games, you need to give the player a reason to go back and enjoy episode one in a different way and then do that over and over a dozen times. Whereas that's in important Telltale, for gaming. In Telltale, it's just the decisions you make. And it, they're fairly yeah, black and white. And they don't really add that much. Unless I, well, I, I disagree very, with that. But, may, unless you make a very drastic choice. Yeah, I, I disagree with the, that like characterization of Telltale, but that's not here nor there. That's not really important to this conversation. Well, Telltale is one way of doing it. Or is it just showing that Hitman is doing something different with how it tell does episodic gaming? Yes, exactly. I think Hitman's doing something different and necessary. Um, I mean, the way you yeah. describe Hitman was uh, one reason I liked Deus Ex as as much as much as I did too, because you know you could execute those missions in any particular way as well, and. Uh, um, you know, when you think of a clever way to do something to get around these overwhelming forces, and uh, uh, it's pretty fun. 
Okay. Um, so we have 12 on here and there's a few that I think we might still want to put up there. Um, here's the one game that I thought maybe should be on there. Uh, and I think at this point we should kind of maybe just see if there's anything else left off that we at least want considered for the top 10. Uh, for me, it's the witness. Um, is there any chance of the witness making the top 10 for you guys? Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I like the witness fine. I told you I'm kind of coming around a bit. But I, I, I don't know. There's just something about that game that I, I appreciated, but there wasn't an. It wasn't that it was, you know, it was hard or whatever. You know, it, I'm glad that the puzzles were challenging, but there was. I just didn't think there was enough of a payoff to all of it. I guess was my kind of yeah. And I think thing. that you and I are on the on each side of the dichotomy. Yeah. Of how people feel about this game, uh, at least in the public. Um, what's interesting? About uh, what the, I like about it. I'm sorry, Jason. What? What's interesting about the witness is. Um, here is how Mike uses the word respect. I, I would certainly say that. Um, and I mean, in this day and age, I mean, you don't need to worry about getting stuck in a puzzle because you can just go to Mr. Internet to help you. Um, however, you know, there needs to be something about a puzzle game to where you can enjoy it without having, in my opinion, without having to be completely immersed in it. And I felt if you weren't immersed in the witness, then you weren't going to get your enjoyment out of it. Yeah, I, I think um, you're right like in terms of whether or not... hundred hours or so, right? <laughs> well, not so much. It's just that, like, feeling like what you're doing was not only creating progress, but was important to what you're doing. And made you feel like you were enjoying what you're doing, but also that what you're doing had some consequence in the world. But if you're not into the world, then why do you care about the consequences of your decisions for that world? Yeah. But that, all these things are reasons I do like it because it, yeah. it was, it was risky. It was uh, these puzzles, this world, if you don't care, then you don't care. You're right. But if you do care, you care a lot. Uh, yeah. You really want to see, you really want to see everything through, um, I, and like you said, you could always turn to Mr. Internet to solve these puzzles. I never did that for any of the puzzles. I, you know, I unlocked all of them and I just that I, I didn't even be in that world. And really, I was reviewing this game. Those solutions yeah, were yeah, out you, there. Yeah. You didn't even have a chance to do that. Yeah. And it was just like uh, to go through and like, just keep pushing and pushing and pushing myself and getting deeper into the context of this world. That was very, um, mysterious. And I think like Mike says, it, it doesn't have a lot of payoff unless you are invested and you go looking, um, and you really, and you aren't really expecting a ton, I guess. It's 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 a weird, strange game. Uh, I, I liked it a ton. I don't think it's going to make our top 10. It doesn't sound like it's going to. And that's kind of the, that was on the bottom half of my, I think, should be in the top 10 for sure. So I, I'm, I'm going to maybe move it down. What's here? What's it? What? I mean, the thing came to that is it reminds me so much of how uh, Mist or Riven. Whereas, like, if you're into that world, then you're into the into solving the puzzles in that world. Yeah, but like, Mist and but I, I never got, you know, Mist and, and Riven never captured me. But, but like Mist, and that's kind of going to like, it has a yes. slight story. It has a story payoff. There's like, and then there's a ton happen. of lore. There's a, yeah, lore. There's a ton that's of lore. The of there's, her... no, there's no, no lore in the witness. And I guess no, I was, there's no lore. Is, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. I wasn't maybe expecting a story so much. Well, I was expecting a little lore and there's right. not and, much and, of that. Instead, was, the witness gives you. I was kind of hoping that you know there there would be something to compel you to be interested in the world at the beginning and then in the next puzzle. Like, yeah, that, that's exactly. what that's what Mist delivered 
you know, just yeah. by setting up this um, mysterious, you know, sort of um, conflict, you know, between these between these brothers at the at the very beginning, and then right, but so that's, the, wanna, that's the whole point of the, of the, the follow through doesn't the story. Do that. You know, yeah, yeah. The the witness is very like I mean. I did. I beat it, and I got all those. The all, locked on. I unlocked all the videos. I unlocked all the, the the what story elements that are there. I unlocked them and read them. And its point very clearly was: it doesn't want to make a, a story for a story's sake. It doesn't want to make a Dan Brown novel where they are. There are all these, you know, hidden mysteries. Just because you want to put a mystery there, because people's brains can't help but want to solve the mystery. Um, that was its point. It made that very subtly, and I think that's why a lot of people don't like it. Because I. Just like a lot of people like Dan Brown novels, I, I like lore, but I, I also liked what this game was doing with it, with it trying to say that doesn't really, that's not really rewarding in its own way. Well, um, it, it also comes out to itself. this point. If you know, if you're not interested in the mystery, then who cares? Well, that that's uh, yeah, that's what the game, that's what the witness is saying, though. Yeah, you know, yeah, but but just because it's saying that, but if you don't get to the point where you get that message, then yes. have you failed in delivering that message? I would argue yes. Because you got to keep me interested that, enough to at least see that message. Yeah, I, I would, I would that's say it, that it's criticizing uh, you though. That that first five percent of the game uh, really, you know, should be treated as a hook. You know, it's like it's it's got to pull you in, and if it doesn't pull you in, then and you don't know why you're doing it, it's like, you know. I can't. I can't sustain. I mean, that. Then the, the, I think that the game is just not. Yeah, the game's just not for you, and it definitely failed for you. I, I wouldn't argue that at all. I would just say that for those it didn't fail for, the point it's making is wanting that hook, wanting wanting the game to feed you that mystery so that you will be curious and want to solve it is a problem with it with our species as a whole. It's it's a whole thing. We can move on. The witness. It's not going to make the top ten. That's fine. Um. But that's like I said, that's the last one of mine that I think should definitely make uh, the top ten. Let me double check. One of my uh, top ten certainly isn't going to make it, and it's Baldur's Gate: Siege of Dragon Spear, which is, in my opinion, the best of the old school RPGs that come out this year. Um, it's a you know, it's a side story that kind of gets mashed in between the first two Baldur's Gates, which are two great RPGs from the 1990s. It tells the, goes back to this world, goes back to the Forgotten Realms. In a year that's been a very big for the Forgotten Realms as Dungeons & Dragons enjoys its revitalization since it came out with the 5th edition um, two years ago. However, you know, none of you played it and, you know, it's, it's really a side story. It's not part of the big grand tale that was being told in the Baldur's Gate games. Yeah, I, I gotta have a few of those games too that I really like, but I don't think anyone's really played. Um, you know, I, I played a lot of World of Warcraft Legion this year. I thought that was just fantastic expansion for that uh, MMO. It was just uh, really brought me back into that Planet Coaster, which I really just started playing about a week ago. I'm really like already I have that, and like each time I look at this list, I'm kind of moving it up a little bit and a little bit to the point where it's number seven for me right now. Um, it's just like the Royal Coaster Tycoon 2 sequel I've always wanted. Just a uh, super fun game, super easy to like make your own really cool creations. And the fact that you have that Steam Workshop there to kind of support you with like these incredible user-created items. Uh, that seems really to be fun. the big hook there to me is is what other people are making. That's one of my favorite things about PC gaming. It's 
not what the developer does, but it's what other people do with the game with the developers. Right. But it's cool because, like, you can take that piece and then put it in your part. Like, people are, for instance, like, recreated Cinderella's Castle from Disney World. So now if you want to make your own Magic Kingdom, you don't necessarily have to spend three hours making Cinderella's Castle because somebody already made a perfect one. You can just put it right in there. That That's really cool. It's Has a, anyone made anything for, like, Wally's World or Duff World yet? <laughs> I have not looked yet. Mm-hmm. You, oh, you need to look. I, I, I've recreated Dr. Wily's castle from Mega Man 2 because I'm making a Mega Man theme park. And the fact that I can make a Mega Man theme park, that is so cool to me. It's super fun. I could make a pretty decent Dr. Wily's castle in it. Just a super fun game. And it, it's only on PC, right? It's not it, Yeah, it's just a PC. No, it's just a PC game. Uh, then this is in the stuff. Um, Bravely Second, I just want to throw out. I really liked that. I thought it was the best like turn-based RPG of the year, probably. Just... I really like the that job system it has that kind of originated Final Fantasy V. Um, really likable characters, really uh, interesting main character. I thought good story, but better story than the first one. No, you see, uh, I don't even think that's the best old school Jap- Japanese turn based well, game. I uh, wanted to play what you're talking about too. That's one of the ones that kind of fell off for me that I need to get back to at yeah. some point. And that's Tokyo Mirage Sessions yeah. FB. And that's the game that was, you know, Nintendo and Atlas both worked on together. And was supposed to have parts of Fire Emblem and parts of Persona, but really, it's more Persona. That's what I and and it's 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 bizarre and kooky, and it's a blast. Um, I haven't finished it, which is why I'm probably not going to make as big a case for it as I would otherwise like to make. But it it it's certainly a a colorful, great chance to you know if you enjoy the you know raising your demons and finding new demons to fight with you in the Persona and Shin Megami Tensei games, then you're going to love that from Tokyo Mirage Sessions. But it also has that, you know, great wackiness that comes from Persona in the modern world. Pretty good year for JRPGs, really. I'd like the, the Good year me- for role-playing games. Yep. I'd just like to mention some games uh, that... Uh, yeah, please. You know, um, maybe are worth some one-liners here, like Watch Dogs 2 had a nice message it was uh it was a nice romp um uh clash royale played it well, almost every, every I, day you know i got and, a question about watchdogs for you yeah dean mm-hmm. um you know as we've learned more about the scandals coming out of russian hacking in our political system did watchdogs feel more pertinent to you uh definitely i mean they, they had an actual election fraud scam in the game and uh, it sort of uh, kind of was a little flipped in that the, uh, uh, you know, the, the fraud was, you know, perpetrated by, a, you know, a congressman. And um, uh, the hackers went in and stopped it and then uh, made it go in the other direction. Right. And so uh, it was uh, it was kind of like a just a, something that was plausibly, you know, Related to the real world, I think. Um, I, I think that you know the the only thing that was kind of missing that would have made it uh, more impactful, I thought, was you know they they, they treat so many of these um, these particular episodes that they borrow from the re- real world as like one single mission, uh, but uh, there's not a single mission that is just so compelling and moving that you go wow at the end of it. I mean, it's just really turns out to be more like a collection of missions that add up to a nice big story um so i I was just sort of hoping more for um you know a really um impactful kind of uh, mission but you know 
it, it sort of almost went against the lighthearted nature of the game. But yeah, there right, is, you, um, say you know, Clash Royale. there's other games I think that are kind of also worth mentioning, like, uh, you know, that Dragon Cancer, um, you know, it kind of stretches the definition of what a game can be. Um, uh, Mafia 3 had an outstanding story, but, but such weak gameplay. Um, uh, so what's Pokemon Go got me walking, right? Um, so, and, and lastly, Dead and Buried was also um, like the first virtual reality game that made me think, hey, this game is, is, is really worth something. So what's interesting, you know, Clash Royale, I tried, and I just couldn't get into it. Um, I got into it, and I ended up hating it at the end, after after putting some money and time into it. Yeah, Me too. Um, I think the real-time nature of it and the, you know playing against the human being, for me, it, it elevated it to be in a mobile game that was actually a real game. So many, so many mobile games um, just fall short of being really appealing to a hardcore gamer. And, um, you know, I, I think uh, enough about this game worked uh, so that you could get into uh, the, the mode of just playing it over and over. Yeah, for me, I just, you know, I played it for a little while and it's like, I don't know, to play Hearthstone. Yeah, yeah, I kind of got that way with with, with uh, other games as well uh, compared to Clash Royale. Yeah, and um, Hearthstone is okay. another game that I would put on my list just for the way. Uh, first of all, I, I view games of the year as differently. To me, they don't have to have come out in 2016 as long as they were getting huge updates yeah. in 2016. And Hearthstone, Hearthstone is different for sure. It's one of those games that is a living game, so I can see that still being a game in 2016. Well, not only that, but they completely changed how the how how it works with standard and introducing set rotation and they had two really good sets this year um the adventure they released was eh, it was okay um it was a fun adventure but and it had some impact on the game but um you know the old gods was you know a fantastic story narrative behind the idea for the cards not that Hearthstone has a lot of story but the cards and how they come out and the design to them was fun and Mean Streets of Gadgetzan while it certainly had an impact um, has just you, you know even if you say one of the gangs the three gangs in it one of them doesn't have much of an impact so far the fact that you know they have this really fun story behind all this and the narrative and the way it's completely reshaped the metagame in Hearthstone right now is is fantastic. However, um, I don't yeah. see any of you putting that on your list. No, and I I really like. I mean, I play Hearthstone every day, so me it, too. Yeah, and I, I like it a lot. I guess some people might argue that um, maybe the game is like, and I don't know if I necessarily agree with this. A lot of people complain about how aggressive the the kind of ladder has become, right? Or where not necessarily that it's you know, it's just that all these decks, the ones that always seem to succeed, are very fast paced. That seems to have kind of always been the case. And I guess some people just always keep hoping that control decks make more of a comeback. Whereas right now, it's still a lot of Pirate Warriors, still a lot of Aggro Shaman, but there still are arena locks. And now I'm talking gibberish to a lot of people. Well, but, yeah, but just, 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 this is the way all card games work. The first month yeah. of a new expansion is going to be fast decks because those are the easiest to master. And control, control decks will follow. And as we're seeing, um, there's a style where if you just have one copy of a card in your deck for the 30 deck, Arena, yeah. you can use a card named Brito Jackson, which refills your health. 
And we're stop. seeing that. Oh, we're we have seeing, to stop talking about Hearthstone. Just to say, <laughs> we're, seeing, we're seeing Reno Mage work. So that's another control deck that's starting to come. So oh, you got control will come. I knew I, having I, you two on here would turn us into a Hearthstone we'll podcast. We'll stop. We'll stop right now. <laughs> oh, we have like a Hearthstone okay. and Review uh, podcast. Just me Mike, and you and I can go talk amongst ourselves later. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> you guys should do your own Hearthstone podcast. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I, okay, I, we're gonna we're gonna start re- arranging this top ten here in a second. I, I just want to mis- mention, um, I think Firewatch, Forza Horizon Three, uh, both very good games. Firewatch w- really surprised me as hey, well. Hey Jason, mute yourself when you're typing. Yeah, that. <laughs> um, if yeah, Firewatch really uh kind of blew me away with its uh it, the way it told a story. Um, I think it was the best narrative game in in 2016, uh, by by far. And Forza Horizon Three, a, a driving game in 2016, is also very rare. And uh, it it was it was incredible. It had tons of cars, tons of stuff to do. It's getting really cool, really cool expansions. Um, definitely worth playing. I'm so mad at myself. I didn't play Stardew Stardew Valley or Owlboy because I feel like those those games I would have liked a lot and would have fought for. But alas, yeah, I wish I would have played more Stardew Valley. Same here. It's wow. one it's one of those games I think you have to have a ton of time. Yeah, I've only played it. I only played a little bit, but you know, Animal Crossing ain't my jam, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, it, it's more Harvest Moon than I think Animal Crossing. When I, yeah, I'm the same way though. Where like Animal well, Crossing, Harvest okay Moon with me. certainly ain't my jam either. Okay, then fair enough. <laughs> okay, um, let's see. We are gonna start arranging this top ten list, guys. Uh, so nothing from this bottom half that we just discussed. You guys don't want to try to fit any of these in the top ten, right? Uh, from the Witness down to Clash Royale, if you could see the list. I don't know if you guys can. That's not super well. Uh, well, it's in the it's in the uh, the doc. If you guys want to open the doc, I could send the link for it. Um, fine. But yeah, so what we're gonna do is, I think we should decide what's gonna be kind of near the top of the list and what's gonna be near the bottom uh, for this top ten. Here's um, my question: and, We yeah. all played Pokemon Go. Yeah. Pokemon Go has had more effect on the game industry as a whole because remember, at GameSpeed, we cover mobile. We cover PC, we cover consoles, yeah, I mean, it's a video and it counts. And we cover AR and VR. I would say Pokemon Go has had more effect on the industry than any game this year. Um, and I and I think it's a very I actually think it's a very good game. Well, um, you you love it. Mike loves it. Um, it's broken. I would, I would but it's just a good sort game. of a note on Pokemon Go that the you know the fundamental core gameplay is yeah, just it's not from, fun, right? Throwing well, throwing dis- balls at an object. Uh, and you know, uh, having some crazy inaccuracy um, thrown into it—it's um, just not fun. Like in well, comparison just, to something like, good, I mean, compare <laughs> compare it to something like Clash Royale, where you know, just every single decision and, and sort of moment is is really engrossing. Um, and so, um, you know, the moment-to-moment gameplay of Pokemon Go is just not fun. I don't. I, I would. I would consider the walking around and finding Pokemon to be the moment to moment gameplay of Pokemon Go. But That's me too. I, I. I. also don't think it's going to be. I don't think it should be in the top ten. It's. It's. It's too broken. Um, really. It's a good. It's a. It's a good game. I like it a lot. But it's. It's too broken. It's, even, even considering the impact it's had this year. Yeah. Even considering that, like I think we. I think. This is a. This is our top ten best games of 2016. If it was maybe the top ten most important, it would. I think it would. It would have to be in there. But in this list, that importance still counts for something. And I think it gets it maybe near the top 10. But I don't know if it breaks in because there's just too much there. It makes it, there's too much there that feels like a 
second rate app. It feels like it was made by a team that was rushing that didn't really think it was going to be a, a, a huge return on investment. So they didn't invest a lot at the, to begin with. Uh, despite all those things, still a really great game, a game that I enjoyed playing and still play sometimes occasionally today. Um, but it, yeah, I don't, I don't think See, it's a that, that's kind of the one thing that knocks it down for me is that once I stopped playing it, I kind of stopped playing it. I kind of was right. like, all right, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I can really like invest back into this, uh, so much. It's like once, like once it's out of your life and you're like, Oh, I don't know. I guess maybe that was a thing. Yeah, it's, it's hard to done now and it was fun and it was, it was it. cool, but I don't know. So yeah. Um, and even I don't think I, even Pokemon Pokemon as Gun I said that I'm still playing it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Well, I think that's it then guys. Let's uh, we have 12 games, uh, up here. Uh, so we only have to cut off two and we have to arrange the rest. I mean, does anyone see one that they definitely want to cut? I mean, oh gosh, picking on Dean. Uh, I, I guess I just don't think anybody else here had a whole lot of love for Infinity Warfare, right? Or Infinite Warfare. Well, here's the thing. Yeah. Because the three of you haven't played Stellaris enough, I, I don't think you, we could keep it in there to um, without you having played some of that experience. Yeah, if you're not willing to like make the, a huge argument for it, then, then at least compared to everything else, then yeah, maybe we can move that down. You know, well, I just so. think it wouldn't be fair for you guys because you guys haven't. I mean, I don't think any of you have played it. Nope. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I but I feel like I want to give you guys a chance if you feel very yeah. strongly against yeah. in the top ten. If we even if we haven't played it, you should still make that argument. But, but I think I think we should get you know something if something only one of us have played, then right. I don't think that really should get in there unless it is. Above, you know, sh- you know, just so good, and I, I right, don't exactly. think Stellaris is quite there. Right. Okay. Um. Yeah. I, I, Mike, I'm with you of this top. I mean, yeah, picking on Dean, but of the of the eleven up here, Call of Duty is the one that doesn't fit for me. I mean, D- Dean, do you have one that you would remove before Call of Duty? I'm sure you do. So let's hear it. You're muted, Dean. There he comes. Here comes the Dean. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, I, I like I said, I, I I could make a very strong case for Call of Duty. Um, uh, yeah, but what that, what would you cut instead? Well, if I could see the list better, I would have a. Well, I mean, a, here I sent I put a link in the in the. Hang on, yeah. Uh, I put a link into the uh, cast, so just check that it's the um. Sorry, the same name of the year around up. Yeah, exactly. But I think the other one that's kind of a, okay, a deaner only was mankind divided. If that helps, like oh yeah, yeah, those are the kind uh, of the deaners. Yeah, uh, that's and that's one I don't think should be on there either. I, God, Dean, I'm sorry, but it's like it feels like it's between Call of Duty and Deus Ex. But what would you cut instead of those? Well, I, I didn't really uh, grasp the um, description of Darkest Dungeon um, and why why that is different from any other dungeon game um, uh, that you know has horror elements. Uh, so. You know that it is very different. That one's hard for me to um, grasp. I it's have, not like just a dungeon crawler. It's it's very it's like a strategy dungeon. See, that's crawler. why I didn't really maybe get into it, even though I was encouraged to. It's because to me, it just looks like another kind of light on story dungeon crawler dark thing. Well, it, it's very heavy on story. The the story yeah. is the moment to moment gameplay. Uh, how you interacting nice. with the the bosses? How you know as you liberate one part of the dungeon. And start building up your village. Uh, what comes up as you're fighting the darkness? What makes it really good, Dean, is that it's really the first role-playing game since Call of Cthulhu ten years ago. Um, 
I'm going to incorporate insanity and how that works with the gameplay, making that a big mechanic. Uh-huh. Now, and the only game I played that had insanity was Eternal Darkness. Is it like that? No. I mean, not 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 the game, but it's like the insanity work like that. No. Nope. Okay. I would, I would so also here's the thing. question, you know, Dragon Quest Builders and Hitman sort of being in the same class as everything else on this list. Um, oh, no way. I mean, I, I think I think Deus Ex Mankind Divided um, shows, um, you know, pretty close to uh, the feeling that you can get from Hitman, um, but with a much more directed story and theme and atmosphere and, and world you see i can't forgive deus ex for what it's become for what it was um to me that's not the deus ex that i played in the 1990s and i have no interest in it yeah, i i had no interest in the 1990s uh, deus ex <laughs> yeah uh, you know it, and and well this that's one... because dean you're all flash uh-huh you went all flash in your games uh you know it helps it, you know doesn't you know, you know i think and... um so, uh, I, I, you know, I think, I think, you know, Deus Ex uh, as a series has actually grown on me simply because of what it's talking about. I mean, it's talking about things that are more serious than, um, you know, most other kinds of media are talking about. Now. Uh, and so it, the fact that it's introducing this into a, a, a game uh, that also has good gameplay um, and I think also better, that- better gameplay than Hitman. Um, so. No way! Are, are, are no we, way! Are we maybe overselling? I mean, I'm sure that this, you know, it was an admirable story and whatnot. But let's not forget that there's a Disney animated film this year that talked about you know racial issues and stuff like that. I don't know. Yeah, if I it's mean, that and I also, thing. and I, I don't think introducing at this point in the year 2016, introducing these these topics is something we should necessarily be rewarding. It's the execution of how well they did after introducing these topics, and or how well I, they I, yeah, I didn't handle the topic. Yeah, exactly. How well they handled it, how well they executed on the thing they were trying to say. And I had, okay, I haven't played Mankind Divided, but from what I understand, understand reading the criticism is it's admirable for what it tried to do, but it didn't necessarily execute as well as a lot of people were hoping. Uh, it, it felt more like this was just a cool setup for a sci-fi story and and they didn't really say much once they actually did introduce these topics. I mean, would, it, I haven't played it. Would you say that they did execute on... Uh, on you know exploring these ideas in a really mature way. I mean, I would knock it down on the list for those reasons as well, but uh, I would still think that uh, I, I could keep it above um, Hitman and Dragon Quest Builders. Okay. I mean, uh, it, okay, you know. so, so okay, here, here has to defend Hitman a little. Maybe why it's uh, I will, yeah, I will. Yeah. I I want to I want to give Jason a second because uh, Mike, you suggested some cuts. Dean su- suggested some cuts. Mike, I'm right with you on on cutting Call of Duty uh, or Deus Ex. So, Jason, what from this list would you cut uh, before any of the ones that, that have been suggested by you? Because here's like okay, here's what's at the bottom right now, uh, in in terms of what people are are saying it should be cut: Hitman, Darkest Dungeon, Deus Ex: Mankind Divided, Call of Duty: Infinite Warfare, and Dragon Quest Builders. Ha! None of mine. I know. Well, you're just you're, thinking, like you're traditional, Mike. I'm thinking. Oh, I'm traditional. I'm not the one saying Call of Duty. <laughs> I'm thinking. Okay, well, you, I'm going to give you a second to think. Let me defend Hitman a little bit. Um, uh, okay. Hitman can is... I, can I switch it? I, I definitely want to keep Darkest Dungeon in uh, because yeah, I, I thought it was I, the I, best role-playing I, I, game I, of 2016, so that has to stay Like I said, I only list. played a few hours, but I'll back you up on that. Um, 
I could drop Dragon Quest Builders to keep Civ 6. Okay, I mean, you're the one for Dragon Quest Builders. I, I, but so I would like to keep it... Hmm. I mean, no I mean, one else has played Dragon Quest Builders, right? No, no one else has. So, so again, it's hard to make Here's the case. thing. I mean, it's hard to make the case, but I feel like I'm I, the case he did make, I liked better than Call of I, Duty. I would probably want to play Dragon Quest Builders ahead of Call of Duty or Deus Ex. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that really means too much. The I thing mean, is, I, this, okay, this, so I'm going to be blunt here. And Ooh. This is gonna be. This is gonna sound disrespectful to some things. It's, you know, at this point, I don't care what I don't care what Call of Duty has to say. Because to me, yeah, it's the model that Call of Duty represents. You know, it's it's gonna come out once a year, regardless. So doesn't matter what it has to say. Doesn't it have anything meaningful to say? I mean, and that's it not fair. Something meaningful to say. I just that's, don't care. That's not fair to the series because. I mean, to the people making the series, because I'm purposely holding the publishing model against what the artists there, and there are artists there. There's yeah. every single game that's made is made by artists. Let's remember that. Um, that's not fair to them saying that. But the point is, to me, Call of Duty is so in my face that I don't really care what they have to say, no matter what they have to say, and that's not fair. Yeah, um, this is Call of Duty's in institution I mean, it, it, at this point, right? It's got it a lot that of way, just Final Fantasy 15. Uh, would be in the same boat though, right? But you're not. Well, no, because Final Fantasy Final Fantasy 15 was been in development for 10 years and didn't come out right after got the year after Final after Fantasy 13 name, or 14. Right? So. Yeah, but it's 15 know, but the, from a period of time of you know 30. Well, years criticism ago. against Call of Duty is it comes out every year, uh, but I, I I I don't necessarily want to hold that completely against it. Yeah, I, I understand I know, that's, Jason's that's, argument that's, that he doesn't care about it because it comes out every year, which is totally fine. But you know, at the um, same point, at the same point, you know, here I am making a case for Hearthstone, which is a living game, and essentially they're turning Call of Duty into a living game. So am I being a hypocrite? I mean, maybe a little bit, but yeah. I, there's a reason you care about Hearthstone, reason you don't care about yeah. Call of Duty, and I think the living game what versus I, what the I annual really release, like there's about, a difference there. I really but, love how you know happy Dragon Quest Builders makes me feel and how much I enjoy playing with my kids. But, you know, that's the thing. If I divorce that from my children, because I haven't played it by myself, I just play it with my kids. Okay. I guess one of the things that, like, not that I don't like, I'm saying like, oh, I don't believe, I don't believe you, Dean. But a lot of what you're saying seems kind of counter to what it seems to be a, the general consensus on this game, right? That the series is on a decline, that the meta scores are are getting lower. What this was a 77 about meta score, right? It seems like for a lot of people, this is becoming a, you know. Um, well, there's Call of Duty again. I guess yeah. I admire that they they tried hard at the story, and I like that. But was the story still, you know, was it as good as? Um, I mean, more story. For I, this what, game? what I what I, I hear mean, is I, that the the single player is very good yeah. uh, in Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, but they blew they screwed up the multiplayer. And to me, that's kind of a huge knock against it. Like, it's great you have a great single player, and that's impressive. And maybe for me, I would want Call of Duty on here before Deus Ex, but. Uh, the, if you screw up the multiplayer in a Call of Duty game, that's like a that's a death nail. Like that's you don't that, that's a really bad thing to mess up. But uh, I'm sorry, Dean, I interrupted you. What were you gonna say? Yeah, I mean, I can't say I played the multiplayer enough to detect this difference. Uh, I I don't think there was you know much of a problem with the multiplayer. I, I enjoyed parts of it where you know like you shoot somebody and they start floating up in the air, right? Because it's zero zero G uh, combat. Um, and so I, I think they, they had, you know, in, 
I guess in their defense, they had to just uh, keep enough of it the same in order to make it feel like a Call of Duty game, even as they made so many other changes, like uh, moving from modern war into science fiction. Right? Um, but I, I do think that, like, you know, making it more like the Uncharted series, um, uh, you know, in, in trying to have that basic uh, structure of a main character, uh, you know, things that change um, uh, in that character, and having, um, uh, you know, lots of obstacles thrown in the way, um, uh, and, and winding up with a, um, you know, a, a, bu a bunch of different sort of uh, very sort of moving scenes that you, you get as a result of this. Uh, even, even less with like, say, the, the interaction between the main character and his uh, companion robot, right? I mean, <laughs> uh, that that was actually one of the things that was moving about Titanfall 2, right? Uh, but the, you know, Call of Duty actually has this as well, and so I, I think there are a lot yeah, of people who are Yeah, but that's not one of the reasons that Titanfall of, uh, 2 should be high on the list. You know, a lot of people who don't like it and dinged it are probably the people who skipped the single player campaign, right? And then went straight into yeah, multiplayer, not necessarily. and then they gave it their rating, right? I mean. That actually happens in about two thirds of uh, of the the games that get purchased, right? Uh, for Call of Duty, right? People yeah, skip okay. the campaign. But uh, maybe not for the let me critics. let me defend Hitman real quick. But just I want to I want to make it clear. Hitman stand on the list. In Hitman, I just in the, like last week I snuck up behind Santa Claus, the actual Santa Claus. I wow. snapped his neck. I put on his uniform. I went downstairs and then I threw bricks at the face of the of the uh, burglars from Home Alone. And killed them, and then left through a helicopter. So that's that's staying on the list. That's a good video game right there. <laughs> um, I okay. Here's here's what we're looking at. So uh, we have a Hitman on the bubble. Uh, we have two of Jason's Darkest Dungeon, Dragon Quest Builders, and we have two of Dean's Deus Ex and Call of Duty. Mike Minotti's killing him. Yeah, Mike Minotti's gonna be safe, but you're, you're you just watch out. <laughs> you're gonna get yours. Um, so I I feel like. It's going to be hard for both of these two games from both Jason and Dean to, to make this cut. So one of you is going to have to lose one. Well, and I, let's for, me, my, for me, the vote would be Dave. Well, here's another one. Uh, just here's another question I have on uh, Civ 6. Uh, you know, like, why, why are we putting something with a 6 after its name uh, that in some ways uh, has some change but also has very little change oh i thought it had a lot of change i thought yeah, it was it's, it's and the change different. the change for me was in a very bad direction i mean i, really? I think you you unstack uh, not only the the combat units but now you unstack the cities and you get this gigantic sprawl that you know goes all the way across your continent and it's like one city <laughs> you know um well, I mean, I, I find I find that change to be um, making it almost more unplayable. Like I, you know, tried to fight a war with this, and it was like a standstill war. It was like World War One. Couldn't make any progress. Couldn't take a city. Dan, I, I never, I didn't. Have I don't that, know. I, I didn't have that problem. Yeah, I, I kind of, I thought these were. I thought it was a positive change. I liked that my say just. It's easier to manage. Yeah, I thought. Well. It, something I could actually manage too. I could see it all. I could actually, you know, yeah. do state planning outside of a menu. I could, you know, mm -hmm. see where a district was, uh, stuff like that. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I thought just, I thought that and thought a lot of the other more incidental changes were 
kind of smarter from five. I thought the way you built roads was smarter. I thought the spy system was yeah. smarter. The uh, culture system, just I don't know, just I, I enjoyed so, six. I, more. I, mean, I, I thought parts one of, of it still that... make no sense, like tourism. Tourism doesn't really have much of a use. And I, I want through tourism. I would argue yeah, against that. Yeah, and there's no way to tell you if you're winning with tourism. You just sure win. there is. No, no. There's a whole menu that shows you where you're. Getting tourists yeah, I, from. I remember and, this too. Yeah. yeah, but does it give you an update saying you know you're you're in the lead for tourism? No, no. Because but that's what's well, just part of well, it's just entwined into the culture. It's like the mm-hmm. same thing. Tourism yeah, is how you, you get the see, culture victory. Yeah, but you know, there's more than one way to get a cultural victory besides tourism. And I I, I don't I, we're not going to knock Civilization Six off the top ten because tourism is a bit funky. Like I just well, that's okay, not a big enough of a criticism. Some, for let me throw okay as the biggest advocate of Civ, let me throw you some other. Um, criticisms I have of it. Um, first of all, the hidden agendas are interesting, but at the same time, you don't know why you're being attacked when someone decides to start declaring I a know, war. But, and, until you figure that out. There's ways to find out, and it's like if that... Yeah, if that, yeah but it's, uh, at the same time, it's really frustrating when you're just trying to follow what looks like a really good path to victory... Or not even following a path to victory, for example, in a game that I've recently been playing with the new Polish Empire. Um, I'm just trying to fend off three different hordes of barbarians. And as I'm doing that, I get declared war on by Samaria and, and Greece. And I don't know why they declared war on me. But here I am now fighting three different groups of barbarians. Maybe because you looked vulnerable because you're fighting so many barbarians. Two cis. Or <laughs> or is it because I've put all my production into military? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Might have looked aggressive. I mean, I think the other admission that the um, this unstacking of the combat units uh, was maybe not the right move is, is how they introduced this idea of the core. And you could put three units together as one. Well, the um, unstacking of military was Civ Five, so yeah, let's that, let's, and, let's and, not dig that. But let's, you know, and I like, love that. Um, like, so, so going back to um, stacking is like a reverse in the direction where they thought was a good idea, and so they're, no, they're almost I, undoing it just, it just, one of their great ideas. No, because it, it you're just building up the strength. Like it's it gives you progression for a unit like you have this unit and you could progress it you know either by putting it in combat and upgrading it but it's next to another by, unit and it's like three to one right and so um i don't I, it's just to me that, that i mean that i like that kind of progression it wasn't it's not a negative to me i think this is just maybe um we're talking about taste uh in in our strategy games and i get that but it, uh, I mean, it, to me, we again, got it. still, I'm not going to knock it down the list or I'm not going to knock it off because of any of these. Yeah, things. I mean, I, at this point, just, I think it just kind of has to come down to a consensus. And, you know, we have to know, like some of us like some games more than others. But that's, you know, there's four people here. And well, here's the thing. You can't just stare at these six games forever. Two of you have even touched Dragon Quest Builder. So sure. it's really hard to yeah, put that I, on the list. Yeah, we have to get rid of one other one. And uh, no, but that's the only one we have to get rid of. It's just no, one we, yeah, I think we no, we don't. It's, uh, oh, three, you're right. Five, oh, that's it? I guess so. I'm counting it wrong because there's that first yeah. line that's for whatever. Yeah. You just don't know how to count, so, Mike. That's all. No, um, no, 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 I was distracted. Uh-huh. But even still... Uh, no, I, never mind. I can't say anything. Those are three games I haven't played. Doesn't matter. No, I have no, what, I have no what, what it comes down to it, you know, is if we all have experience <laughs> with Civ, we all have pluses and minus with Civs. But... I'm the only one here who can really tell you about Dragon Quest. That how do you know that 
I know. But what I love about like it, Deus Ex, well, as well. Did anyone else play Deus Ex except for Dean? I tried it some. I didn't. I meant. What do you think? Just to get to. I mean, if you tried it and didn't like it, that's that's still yeah. But that's, only Dean's that, had to but pay is for that it. am I being fair to it, or am I clinging to what I want from the Deus Ex of the? Uh, here's the thing: Dra- the, your argument for Dragon Quest Builders, I thought, was a ver- very on point for what I want to hear from that game. It is Minecraft with objectives. And it, it and it works like that's what you're saying. And if that's true, well, I, I think it, that's it's more than works. Worthy it, of being it, it, I, I found it to be magical, right? And I, I don't think you're I don't think you're wrong. Like it's it sounds uh, about right. I just well, here's the I thing. Mean, yeah, so, here's the thing. As much as I enjoy Civ Six, I'm not finding it magical. What if I we, mean, but uh, Civ Six was Mike's choice, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not my strongest choice. It's not... No, I know that, but yeah. But, yeah, I guess it's a success. I mean, I'm not, like... I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be defending Civ Six so much if it wasn't what it was going against, I guess. It's kind of my thing. Yeah. So, if, what if we asked everybody what one game they would get rid of is? Would that maybe help? Yeah. Because if let's, there's a consensus... At least to see where we stand. Okay, sure. let's start with D. Um, so, have we, what, have we, what have we decided on Dragon Quest Builders, then? We're kind of figuring out which one... It's on... It's on the bubble. It's on the bubble with the rest of these. I mean, so, I, is that the one? I, I think of this list. Um, that that's the one that, to me that does not seem like AAA. Um, well, what does that matter? Yeah, AAA doesn't matter. I mean, um, guys, yeah, okay, that's that's vote. let him have his vote. Yeah, it's, oh, okay. it's your, if it's your choice. Yeah, go I ahead. Mean, Dark uh, Dungeon, I mean, I would not. I wouldn't. You know, like also not consider it AAA, but I would not knock it off to the list uh, just because of my um, impression of it. I guess. You do you do like Flash, Dane? Um, Jason, <laughs> what were you gonna? What are you gonna vote for? So the one that I would kick off this list for me uh, would be Deus Ex, and, and, and but it's just because of my bias against what Deus Ex become versus what I think Deus Ex should be. Well, that's no better or worse than than any other excuse we've had. Yeah. The second one I'd kick off this list after that would be Final Fantasy Fifteen. Well, and I'm saying that's that that's not even on the conversation. Why are you making it more? And I'm saying that as a fan. Over <laughs> Call of Duty, Jason. Come on. <laughs> it's got Rob, some. It's got flaws. Now we're picking on. Of course, mice. it has flaws. No, we're not. Okay, okay. No, stop. I'm going to stop you because I got the answer I wanted to hear. Deus Ex. That's my vote too. So that's two for Deus Ex. I was going to say Call of Duty because. I'm just going. Oh, that doesn't matter because you said Call of Duty. He said uh, Dragon Quest, and two of us said Deus Ex. So, I, I. I that's the one. Right. Uh, here's the thing. I okay. We're, we're we're not taking these things into consideration. But that game came out and no one talked about it. No one no one gave gave a damn about that game. Like yeah, as soon as it like came out, forgot about that game already. It was forgotten immediately, and that didn't happen. That's not say no one on because that, not even Call of Duty. That's not like that's, Call of Duty. Let's not say no one because that's not true. Dean cares. Well, no, I know, but like uh, relative to the rest of the games on, yeah. on this list, I I would say. All of them got buzz in terms of whether people like once people started playing them, they found things that they didn't know that they were going to love that they loved. Um, Call of Duty, that's even true. People were like, "I didn't know I was going to love the single player," and it's 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 awesome. Um, and lots of people just have enjoyed hear... the single player. By the way, yeah, guys, I just didn't hear we, that with Deus Ex. Um, I'm just kind of tuning in a little late to this part, but uh, did we forget about Battlefield One, or uh, did you guys actually feel like uh, it's not worth it? I don't think it's worth it, but if uh, I don't, I mean, we're gonna have to knock another game off the list, and and yours, Deus Ex is already on the bubble, Dean. So if you want to make 
Do you want to make want to replace Battlefield? Do you want to replace Deus Ex with Battlefield One? We're still kind of where we start. Yeah, I mean, I I, I enjoyed Battlefield One, um, and you know, I I would put that kind of game um, ahead of Final Fantasy, Dragon Quest, um, even Titanfall Two, um, no way, in Six. Uh, okay, so PSX, I'm, Hitman. So uh, you know, really Battlefield One was just third on my my list of games of the year. So I I thought it was just a really high quality. Um, Sure. Why would you put it ahead of Titanfall, though, is what I'm really interested in. Because mm-hmm. as, as much as I got frustrated about having to come out of my mech, uh-huh. I, I really dig the story that Titanfall had. Uh, you know, I think Battlefield 1 had, f- you know, like five really nice stories to it. Um, they were all too short. I wanted uh, more from each one of them. Uh, and, you know... EA, you know, started with something and took a lot of risks and completely changed it. Like, you know, they changed World War One to World War One. They they added um, strange things in. They they didn't uh, uh, dwell upon trench warfare. They just found a lot of other kinds of stories um, that were untold about World War One. Um, they had fun things that they introduced for just um, ridiculous gameplay, like uh, Zeppelin, right? And so, uh, you know. It, I think all of that collectively, both multiplayer and single player, that made more of an impact on me than Titanfall 2, which I, I felt like, you know, had outstanding gameplay uh, and a story in service of the gameplay the whole time. Um, which is uh, it's like which is the we introduced way you a new every great so game. That you can learn how history. to do this new thing, jumping out across walls, back and forth um, quite a bit. Yeah, and that's. Right? That is awesome. That's the best part about video games, like uh, Mario stories in service of the gameplay. Yeah, but you know, yeah, I don't get Mario that feeling awesome. from something like Uncharted Four, right? It feels integrated. Well, no, but but Uncharted Four is like if you don't like the story, you're not going to like the game. Like you're gonna, like, you might appreciate it, which is like I think where I kind of land on. I really appreciate what that game is. Titanfall well, Two's um, story was surprisingly good, um, but then you know. I don't, there, there are some I missing elements to it. Story. Like, you know, I, I think they could have used more cinematics that would just sort of make you care about the gameplay more, you know? Here's kind of like the, I think the issue we have is the importance of storytelling. That's like the whole conversation where I think me and Jeff are on this side where we think just about all video game stories are kind of bad anyways. So one, having like a 7 out of 10 story instead of a 6 out of 10 story, we're kind of like, whatever. It's not, yeah, it's not an argument play? that's going to win me over, yeah. Um, it's where I'm at. Okay. Yeah, you're right. That's gonna and it's gonna yeah, probably I mean, gonna come I, out later I when we try to decide more, one. I'm an English major, right? I put a lot I'm more emphasis on on storytelling, right? Actually, I'm, I'm uneducated, right. yeah, so I, I can't. Just I'm, riff I'm rap. illiterate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so now you've put Battlefield One into the mix, Dean. This is you're just making it more yeah, complicated, but yeah, okay. Just gotta. It's gotta still on the bubble unless anyone else thinks do. it should be on the top ten. Does a uh, Mike, Jason? I, I don't think it should be. I'll like put I'll put Battlefield One over Call of Duty simply because it changed a setting. Uh, and it, I, like I there is a general consensus that. that it was an improvement for the series where it seems like people are I can, getting I can more live tired with of Call that, of Duty. I can live with that kind of argument. I can't really live with Dragon Quest being better than Call of Duty, though. You know, so I, why can't it, why can't Dragon Quest inherently be better than Call of Duty just because it's not a AAA game? Though it's kind of I mean, my I, question. there's plenty of just plenty of other games that I think um, you know it, it, it just sort of seems like a building game with a Dragon Quest theme, right? 
Uh, I mean, it's a building game, and, but it's a building game with objectives in a way yeah, that a and, lot of others. And if you haven't. want a building that's, game, I'd say go new. play Minecraft, right? Um, yeah, but it's but that's the point. A lot of people don't like Minecraft and they like Dragon Quest Builders because it's different, right? I mean, it, they're, they're almost. But like, Roblox uh, is the same thing. What, why did we got rid of Dragon well, Quest so, and Call of Duty? The whole point or about sex. That's right. The whole point, a uh, boy. The whole point about Dragon Quest to me that I really love are the quests because it is telling a story. Right. But not only that, and that's different though. It helps me with my children because it gives us a direction and it helps focus our energies into what we're doing. And I find when you have a big sandbox, that's hard to do with some kids. But we can't we can't knock three deaners. We can't walk, knock two yeah, of, okay, uh, here's, deaners off now. Yeah, it just so, seems cruel. So Dragon Quest might just Dra- have to go at this point. Dragon Quest and Deus Ex. Is what I guess I I would I'd rather have Dragon Quest up there than Battlefield or Call of Duty. Um, but here's the thing. But but again, yeah, I don't know. Battlefield Battlefield's good. Battlefield's good, and we all played Battlefield. And I, again, I mean, it comes down I mean, to I'm the only one who really played a lot of Dragon Quest. So is it fair? Yeah, but I mean, I I did play Battlefield, and I didn't like it very much. Um, so that's like that's a negative towards it. I, but I I think if we can get a consensus on Dropping Dragon Quest and dropping Deus Ex, then then I'll be fine. Let's do that because we got a lot of argument over just the placement here. Still, yeah. Let's not get too worked up about what's going to be number ten and nine. Yeah, um, yeah. I, would, I, I mean, we'll give with them... that. Yeah, I can live with that. Okay, I'm good. All right. I, I, I'm sorry, Dragon Quest builders. I'm gonna. I, I guarantee I'm gonna play that game and I'm gonna regret this decision. But that's how it works sometimes. Well, okay, it'll still so... be on my list when I publish it. It's, this it's week. getting yeah, uh, more than a share of honorable mention here. So. Yeah, Dean is so that's done funny. with Dragon Quest Builder. He's like, just seeding there. <laughs> just like, sickens him. He's seeding. Okay. <laughs> okay, um, let's decide what's in the top five. Overwatch. Overwatch. Unch- are you guys going to be, uh, I'm, I'm guessing, I Uncharted 4. you like that and go... <laughs> Go put above Uncharted. What? What is? We don't have to arrange them yet. We don't have to arrange them yet. What is going to be in the top five? Dean, Mike, I'm assuming Uncharted Four. Uncharted Four is in top five. Yes, it's number one. We'll see about that. Okay. Um. Titanfall Two. Yeah, me. Jason. You know. Yeah, I I prefer Battlefield ahead of Titan Two myself. But I think Um, the wrestlers uh, are so kind of down on Battlefield. Yeah, it's not going to happen. I would uh, put Doom in the top five. Doom. Yes, I agree. Oh, number five, I think, is where it gets interesting because I would do too. You know, I don't know why. For Doom me, number is, five is Hitman. I, but I'm I'm not sure why Doom is considered a better shooter than Infinite Warfare because it's different. Because it because it's a better shooter. It's a different uh, shooter. It's, it's it was a refreshing shooter. Infinite Warfare was it, that Call of Duty formula. Because know, it, and it, yeah, it's, it's refreshing in every way. It's refreshing in its style. It's refreshing in its gameplay. It's you're you're the enemies behave differently, and I wouldn't necessarily say the Call of Duty enemies were behaving differently. Uh, it's a sci-fi setting, which is different for Call of Duty, not fucking different for video games in any way. It's uh, not even that different for Call of Duty. The last few Call of Duties were like we didn't go to space. Yeah, they were pretty yeah, sci-fi. More stuff. and more sci-fi. Uh, but like Doom, it's like we're going we're going to Mars, and it's going to be hell and Satan and and a little bit of sci-fi mixed in with all that stuff, but in a way that's way more unique than than. Call of Duty or Battlefield or any of them, um, and you were the one that was in t- looking forward to it in twenty. I thought you'd be happy we put Doom up there. I know oh, me I'm too. happy it's up there, but I, I, you know, like the order of things actually does uh, make a difference to me, right? So yeah, yeah, no, that that that's fair. Okay, so I mean, what do we want for number five? Like, I mean, if you, I really want Final Fantasy fifteen there. I don't know if I'm gonna win you guys over with that. No, 
No, oh, it's not top five. It's so Final Fantasy XV is just so good. We have but a better role playing on game on this list, and it's Darkest Dungeon, Mike. Oh my god, Darkest Dungeon. <laughs> um, yeah, I, it sounds like for our number five, we we're all um, kind of have our own darlings. Darkest Dungeon, Final Fantasy. I'm Hitman. Um, so we might have to. This is going to be a tough one. Maybe we can. Uh, maybe we could just like put everything in a bottom six and start arranging that. So who thinks Overwatch is better than Uncharted? Besides Mike, we'll get, we'll get there. But we're not. Yeah, we'll get there. You're right. Um, okay, so dark. So this is the bubble. One, two, three, four, five. So what are we just missing from here? Uh, Final Fantasy 15. So that's our okay. So our, we have our top four games not arranged yet. Uh, we have our bottom six. Do we want to like what's going to be number ten? Is it going to be Battlefield One? I would call it Duty Number Ten. Battlefield. I, we still got Hitman okay. on yeah. this list. Is is sort of what I'm um, kind of wondering. Well, you're gonna have to get over it because Hitman's staying on the list. Like Hitman's not. Well, let's put like, Hitman. I had one game on the bubble. <laughs> I I can't see. There's no way in hell that no Hitman is so refreshing and. And fun and exciting, and you could play it over and over and over again. Um, I don't know. I, I would have a hard time putting it at 10, especially when we you have know, Call of Duty I, and Battlefield put, 1 on here. I put it almost the same as Watch Dogs 2, but I didn't, you know, Watch Dogs 2 was missing some things, I felt. And like, um, you know, Hit, Hitman itself, it's, it does feel like it's, it's missing a lot by being very episodic, I think. I don't, I don't, I don't know what that means. I don't know what it's missing. Um, well, you, you know, like you, you don't get the sense that one thing builds on another. Um, well, so you do because uh, when you play the game, the game over and over, and you play. You look these at levels, Titanfall two, and you, you know, you, you sort of get these skills that just sort of, uh, you know, um, kind of add up uh, one on top of another, right? Um, Hitman, it's like I say, it's like six different games. I, I just, I'm, I'm foreseeing. I just want to say real quick. I'm foreseeing a very long 45-minute argument over the placement of these things. So, a point where I almost wonder if we should just have a top five and then the five honorable mentions. Because, like, we're going to just be arguing against other people who haven't played the game that we liked or don't like it as much as we did. And Yeah, let's let's give this a little bit longer, but we might have to come to that. But let's, because, I mean, we can't even figure out number five, Mike. So, yeah. <laughs> so let's see if, uh, okay. So, to to expedite things, I will put Hitman down at, at number 10. Uh, especially if I'm like the only one arguing for that. I mean, I think that's crazy. I think having that uh, like below Call of Duty and Battlefield I'm, One, I could put Darkest Dungeon. Save. I could put Darkest Dungeon at ten. See, I, I mean, I, it, I, I, I haven't played those, we, those bottom four games. I haven't played them. Well, yeah, that's because you 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 and Dean are both playing too much Flash. No, I play a lot of stuff. <laughs> I do not. Um, oh, I'm I could, sorry I didn't play Call of Duty because of my hey, love I had of dead Flash. and buried on my list, man. <laughs> Battlefield One, it's not all Flash. I, I can live with Darkest Dungeon being number ten as long as we okay. keep Final Fantasy out of the top five. <laughs> Why do, wait, I want I want to hear I want to hear Jason's argument against Final Fantasy 15. Okay, um, there's too much boring travel moments. Um, some people don't care for that. Um, sometimes running around at night. Especially when you're lower level, is frustrating because you're not supposed across... to be ru- not supposed to be running around at night. That's but what about when you're? But what about when you have to kill monsters to get money because you don't have enough money, and the only way forward you see to get money is to kill monsters at night oh. for those you get money quests. by selling treasures. What you get if money you by can't selling find inventory anything? items? They're all what, over the place. 
Yeah, but okay, what here, if you've captured the, them already, Mike? I, I do not see how you could be that low on money. Well, some, okay. some people uh, have been. Um, uh, what If Final Fantasy XV and Hitman aren't number five, what is number five? That, that's where I'm looking at this list, and I'm really confused, because it's not Call of Duty, and it's not Battlefield. Uh, you're already saying you want you're okay with Darkest Dungeon at, at number ten, Jason. So is is it Civ Six? There was such a lack I mean, of enthusiasm of Civ Six from some of us, though. Yeah, I know. I I mean, okay. So if I was picky on how I would vote, I would have Darkest Dungeon higher. But some of you seem very opposed to it. I'm not yeah. that opposed to it, even though I haven't played it. Um, well, yeah, like it's hard to like take a, a firm stand against the, these some of these because it's we haven't played them. But um, well, I think that's kind of a problem here. Well, yeah, I mean, clearly, uh, but I mean, Dean, were, were you wanting like Battlefield One or Call of Duty at five? Like, what were what Dean were you wants at Call five? of Duty higher? Oh well, yeah, yeah, but like, uh, let's figure out five. Jason, uh, so on the horror part. Um, you know, I, I think of a lot of other games that have done horror really well. I, I kind of wonder. But he's already said he's okay with it at number ten. Yeah, I, I wonder if horror is Let's... the strong part of this game, or, or no, it's the it's the moment to moment strategy of the game. Uh, he's already he's also already said he's at number ten, so you've already won that fight, yeah. Dean. So what do you so want? I can look five? at that as number you know yeah. number ten. I would also put uh, Hitman and Civ Six uh, towards the bottom of the list. As well. um, okay, but what would you put at five then? Uh, let's see. Well, that leaves me with only Final Fantasy, Battlefield 1, or Call of Duty. I, get uh, I, I know put, it's what I he's would, not picking. I would put Call of Duty as uh, <laughs> number five uh, on that list. Does anyone, would anyone be okay with that? It makes me... I'm, and I, maybe, I, maybe I need to ask some questions like why that upsets me so much, but just seeing Call of Duty anymore. I mean, but here's the thing. It, it barely made the list. Like it barely, like it was like one of the ones that, like, it was either Deus Ex or Call of Duty that was. Whoa. What happened there? But I mean, I don't know. Is it, you know, I mean, we we also, I mean, these are our favorites, I guess, but. Um, That's the problem now. You know, I, you know, I, somehow I feel like uh, this sort of the impact on gamers um, is, is also interesting here. Right? And I think, I would argue that Call of Duty. Did not make much of an impact on you. So, I mean, it's going to sell well, but it seems like the, the. I mean, do you not? Do you get the impression, Dean, that some Call of Duty fans, you know, they're dwindling, they're turning against the franchise yeah, a little but, bit. You know, that's I, the impression I, I, I would, get. I would also, you know, note that it's three games in one, right? And it's two games in one. I won't give you Modern Warfare because that was an optional. You had to yeah, pay for that. Twenty bucks extra, right? Um, yeah, so Modern I'm not, Warfare I'm, and and uh, zombies, right? And so, but that's just at, you know more modes. What you know, whatever. It's, I'm not more concerned about like the value thing. Like again, Overwatch. Well, I'll probably put number one. Is basically one mode. I, I'm, that's whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, we're not. Gonna, yeah, sorry, my microphone fell over and then fell apart. I uh, noticed. I'm back though. Um, yeah, I, the the number of modes thing is never going to be like a really great argument because there's um, those games that are like a hundred games in one, and they're like two two bucks and they're all terrible games. So, um, my question is: Are we happy? with what we have here in this top 10 or do we feel like we're missing something and that's what's if you, the fact that we've restricted ourselves i mean I must wish I, what get, are you suggesting i could also well, wish we could retroactively get forza horizon 3 at number five if that's what you're asking no 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 i'm just wondering okay, if we're making yeah. a mistake because the impact it had was with pokemon go and uh, not having it on the list um 
I, Pokemon Go's starting to look better. Hang on, I, wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. About, I, think. I like that. I like that. I mean, for the reasons I already talked about, I thought, you know, Pokemon Go is a, as significant a game as you could possibly get mm-hmm. in 2016, but it's not in my top 10. Right? Yeah, but I like it. I like it at number five. It really kind of solves a lot of our problems here. Uh, I don't think that, it should it, be at number uh, five. I'm just yeah. thinking, should it be on I the list? I actually know. I mean, when you're going to give me these these other ones, I suddenly do like it at number five quite a bit. Okay, now you need to explain that because you've gone from not having your top 10 to now wanting at number five. Because it's way higher up my top 10 or my top 50, whatever, than Battlefield 1. If yeah, but you fair. need to look broader than what you want, Mike. You know, this, no, this I, is not, yeah, this is not speaking I, as an outlet here. This is a, just us speaking as us. Well, I, mean, I think well, you have to start with where it is on our list, and then uh, speaking as an outlet, I think it makes sense at number five. Like, it, I think, yes, it's higher on my list than Call of Duty Battlefield 1. Um, not, It's right there. It's right with Civ Six uh, for me. I didn't play Final Fantasy V. I only played a little bit of Darkest Dungeon. I still like it, but I wouldn't. Really cons- Wait, consider so I, it on my I list. think I'm the only one still playing it, right? I mean, no, I like I said, I played, I played, uh, I booted up like once every couple of days, um, especially when there's an update or anything. But I, I, I played for, but exercise, I'm not playing. But I, I'm I not. Play are you still playing Uncharted? Like you're not still playing Uncharted, right? Like yeah, so, but, like, you know, like not. as far as memorable games, I mean, it's like this is sort of uh, you know me- memorable moments that are seared in your head. Uh, I, I think Uncharted Four is just way. Yeah, no, I'm not. Argue, I'm not saying we're going to drop Uncharted Four. I'm no, just saying the but, argument that whether or not you're still playing a game that doesn't matter uh, so much. Yeah, I mean, I mean it, it matters it, if that's. It's just sort of, uh, you know, like one of my big complaints about mobile is that there's just not enough fun in it, and most of it is killing time. Right? Yeah, and, I, but and I think that's why Pokemon, Pokemon Go, Go is so deserves- much more in the killing time area than the fun side. Where no, I would put, I, I, I would I put Clash like, Royale into the fun side of things. I'm like, I think Clash Royale sure is a game you play when you're waiting Clash for Royale something else to happen. Like when you're waiting for a game to load or you're waiting at the no. DMV, Should you we, play Clash Royale. So we just like put up Pokemon Go. I feel like this is just making things more complicated now. I know. Yeah, we might have to, but I'll, I'll just say Pokemon Go. Like people went out of their house. Like they made like plans to like meet up. They like specifically drove to the malls. They had a lot of Poke stops. Like that. That was the fun. They like went out there and found but it because I, I of this game. I still think we have That's to circle back to what, what was fun to us and what we liked, not how big an impact it had on society. Because then that would be a totally different I, mean, I think we could we could consider both, but you're right. Uh, but, I, okay, if it sounds like, it's, like Dean's not going to let that happen. I thought I liked the idea because uh, I, I thought it solved some problems. But, Mike, you, you're right. I think it's, it's just making things more complicated again. So, so then what's number five? It's not, I mean... I just, I'm let's, not going to. Let's not, not worry about number five, but let's worry about the bottom and see what rises up. Okay. Well, we tried that. I'm just saying we, well, we tried that and try, that wasn't working either. Let's so. try it again. Okay. Let's. Okay. So number 10, Darkest Dungeon. Number nine, Call of Duty. Number, number eight, Battlefield 1. Now, is there anybody except for Dean who has an argument for like Battlefield 1 or Call of Duty being higher than that? Well, well I have an argument for them being lower and that's it. Battlefield 1 does tell a very good World War One story at a very interesting time in our history. And um, it told us, here's what I, if Battlefield One had all been that first mission where you were, you were in a battle, you fought, you died, and then you picked up as someone else in that same battle. And like all the missions were like that. I would, I would be with you, but that's the first mission and only the first mission as far as I could tell. 
And then after that, you are one character and it's his story. Uh, and you're, yeah. you know, and, and you're doing that. And that, that, that's true. And the, the flaw, the flaw is that each, each of those stories is just too short too. Yeah. So there's four or five stories and they all wind up being too short. Um, you know, each, they, each one is really a good story that they chose, I think. But, uh, yeah. So, so, I, so I, Dean, are you, I, okay. So I think Dean, you I, should pick one battlefield one or call of duty that you want to try to try to move up this list. Um, not because not I, not both of them. I feel okay about Battlefield One being a, a bit higher. I mean, I think given the descriptions that you guys are giving for your own tastes and everything, I mean, I, I don't, I don't feel that much of an urge to get those games that much higher. Um, although, you know, like like I say, I mean, um, you know, I, I think Hitman is a different class of game. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put Hitman above these guys. I, um, I think, it, but I think beyond next that, year, I don't think I don't think I'm gonna get these two games into the top five. No, well, yeah, I, I, Hit, Hit, Hitman's going to be the game that people are going to look back on 2016 and be like, oh, that was the game that I should have been playing because uh, it's 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 that memorable. Um, but but if you had a different experience, you had a different experience. Uh, OK, so. Uh, OK, here's the thing I think would make sense at, at five. And it, it bums me out that you guys were already having this conversation. Uh, Final Fantasy 15. Uh, it makes some sense to me at that place. Um, Jason, you you. you your arguments against it at number five, uh, are they, are they, is it minutia or is it the, an overall flaw with the game? Or is it just like it has some certain flaws that some people are going to run into? It has, well, everyone's going to get bored by the travels at some point. No, I don't, I don't think everyone is. I think I like, I, I like the travel. I like the kind of the world building that it does, the kind of sightseeing, the incidental dialogue that, that happens through it, the going through your, soundtracks even and it's not very long most of it is three minutes maybe which i I'm guess is kind of long i'm not talking about in your car i'm talking about when you have to walk around before you get a oh. chunk about oh that i didn't see that didn't even occur to me because i yeah really thought because... the, world, the world was dense enough that i enjoyed that walking around seeing what i would run into and well i think well. part of your your experience is different than my experience too is is you know i try to do everything and you don't well, what do you mean by do everything? Well, when you're playing it, you're playing it for review, so you had to blast. I, I and, did not. I yeah. I I didn't. I didn't play Final Fantasy 15 any differently than I would have if I was playing it for fun when I was reviewing so it. Did you do all the monster hunts? No, but I wouldn't have. Okay, if I was playing see, it for, but if uh, I was playing it for fun, I wouldn't have done that anyways. I did okay, a lot well, of Okay, see, them. you see, then then you don't get the going around and having to walk and walk and walk and walk. You're not, but you're, but you're choosing to do that. You could have done something yeah, like more in the game, game. but it's there. But that doesn't make sense. And there's a lot of people. But, that, that, do but that. that's not a flaw, though. That's like if I were to choose to walk and walk and walk across Minecraft because I want to see hey, like, what's I, on I the other side okay. of Minecraft. Like that's not a flaw against Minecraft. It's a flaw against the way I'm playing. I, mean, I think I'm okay with with sort of this being in the middle. Um, I don't know exactly if five is the right, but um, I think we have to get to our basic um, decision here, which is. Um, it's between one and two. I, th- I think uh, yeah. three, four. I don't really care so much about that three, four, five. Yeah. I care a lot about one, two right now. Yeah. Okay. Hang on. All right. Let's. um. Because I, we're also at two hours here, right? <laughs> yeah. We're, we're getting we're getting on there. Okay. So Final Fantasy 15 and number five. I, I, I feel okay with that, Jason. I know you have some reservations about that, but is it are they so adamant that you would want to move up anything that's below it? 
Well, yeah, I'd like to move up Dark Dungeon because I just think it's it's, it's amazing what a small team has done with that game. I mean, come on, we're talking about you know five people making. One I know, of but the best like, games like you said, year. like it was um that was the one that you were like, I'm going to try to get on this list at all. Yeah, and it was just so just if I have to, I have to. I just I I do want to say think, is that I think we're coming at this for this whole list from a flawed perspective yeah. of how much we enjoyed things when I think we need to remember that at GameSpeed we cover innovation and we cover impact. Well, we could do a most important list as well, but I mean, this is our top 10 best games yeah. of the year. Like, there's yeah. there's there's no such thing as an unflawed version of this. No. Like, it's just, the, I think what makes, to, what makes GameSpeed unique, I, I don't see on this list enough, is what I'm trying to say. Okay, well, we'll, we'll, do, we'll do that list as well. I, I, I don't think... Um, I don't think that's a reason to scrap the whole thing and start no, over. No, I'm just uh, saying I think, I think it's a flaw in our process. Well, I mean, there, there is no, I mean, I, I guarantee once we start doing the thing you're talking about, you're going to discover flaws in that process as oh, well. Yeah, but there, the, there, there's no such thing as a, as a perfect process. I think process Jeff's face is this. a flaw in Yeah, process. you know, if, as I, far as technology goes, we might wind up with Ashes of Singularity as number one. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. And that's like, I, but, I, don't, I don't know if that's necessarily as fun because what, what, what we're doing here is we are diving into these games in a really deep and interesting way and kind of being harsh against them in ways they maybe, maybe don't deserve. But in that conversation, there's always something interesting that people are going to want to hear about. And I'm, I'm discovering things about these games that I want to hear about. Yeah. I just but like, but d- all right, no, I, let, let's I, move on. I really want us to get to number one and two. Yeah. Least. Okay. So, uh, okay. Here's the thing. Number one is Titanfall two, but I understand that's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm okay with no, Titanfall two at number three and doom at number four. Because uh, you guys are going to be way into Uncharted, but Uncharted is not number one. It is number two. Overwatch's game of the year. Well, let's let's have Dean make his case for Overwatch. Yeah, please. I, I mean, that, that, that was my that was my. I think that's the. the I'm setting the stage. Well, I, let's I think it, we have both. We have both excellent games here, and um, you know, I. You could say this is purely a, a battle of gameplay versus story. Yes. Right. Um, however, I, I think the Uncharted series was one of those few um, few titles or a few series out there where I think you know what where the creators of the of the series and, and what they said is is true, and that is you know like vi- video games are the best medium, uh, and. Uh, Putting, putting together something that integrates uh, gameplay with story so well. Uh, you know, uh, characters that you care about, um, sequences of, of little small things like uh, imparting a part of the story as, the, as two characters are walking along, moving forward, having a conversation with each other. So during the gameplay, you're imparting parts of the story. Uh, as you move along, it's like an integrated, seamless experience where you're not really feeling like, um, okay, here's the cinematic purely, and here's the gameplay purely, and here's the cinematic, and here's the gameplay, which is how many of the other games uh, just wind up doing it because they haven't they haven't thought it through in the same way no, that's that the Naughty Dog yeah. people have. So I, I feel like as far as like the highest innovation, the highest um, level of uh, art you know creation uh everything looks uh, beautiful um you know like the technology just can't get any better than this um and and so um i think that whole series um uh you know really going from second to third to fourth um is just masterfully done uh 
and Naughty Dog, you know, uh, takes the time and care to, to craft these things. I think Overwatch for me is is all gameplay um, without any sort of higher inspiration that, that I get out of it. Right? And um, no, no message, no story. And I, I think the, the Naughty Dog who went Naughty Dog guy who went over to Call of Duty made a very good observation, and, and that is you can have these epic scenes, uh, but if you have a good story and characters to go with it, you're going to care more about that epic scene, and you're gonna, actually going to enjoy that epic scene much better. Uh, so, so that's that's like why I think Uncharted Uncharted is sort of just a higher achievement than Overwatch. Um. So I, I think you make some good points, but I would, and, and Mike was right earlier when he said this is a very much a gameplay versus narrative thing, but it's not just that. Um, because the points you make about characters, uh, I think Overwatch actually does an amazing job of creating characters that people are insane about. Like uh, you go on, if you, if you go to tumblr.com and you're going to run into a lot of people who feel very strongly about not suitable for work, of course, but even there is, there's a lot of stuff that is suitable for work that people that people just are in love with these characters in a really visceral way, in a way that they feel very deeply um, about. And and that comes down to kind of, I think, the more of the strengths of video games. Uh, we, we, when we say that video games are, you know, the best medium, um, I don't think that has to do with storytelling and narrative and, and a lot of times even characters. Uh, because if I want a really great character, I, chances are I am going to go to a book or a comic book or a movie. Um if I if I want characters that I, I can relate to, I may I may get those from games. But with Overwatch, I actually got characters that I am very much into. I, I am learning a, a lot about in very uh, roundabout ways where they, you know, they through their animations, through the ways they move, through uh, their voice lines to one another in the middle of battles, um, the you know, their costumes, things like that. And I think that is such a better way of delivering character in a video game than uh, the, the naughty dog way and not to say that and, and again the, we, this is when we like tear down games that are actually very good i think uncharted 4 is is good it's a good game it is maybe one of the most finely crafted video games of its type ever made where w w you're never lost you're never you never feel like the game isn't helping guide you helping to guide you where you need to go uh because naughty dog has figured out all of these very small things about the way we play games and the way that we kind of recognize the world and the way it's built. And they have built a game that is with all that stuff in mind so that you always feel like you are in charge. You always feel like, you know, where you're, where you're headed next. Um, and that's incredible. But that, that kind of game I think is just a, a maybe doesn't fully kind of grasp what gaming can do in the way that overwatch does. And then and none of that even touches on how, how much fun the actual gameplay and the actual mechanics of a, an Overwatch match really is. Man, this is great for me because whatever happens is either going to be Uncharted or Overwatch at number one. Yeah, um, and those are yours. And I am, thinking, yeah. and I am shocked that I am actually arguing a little bit against Uncharted because I I love Uncharted, um, one of my favorite game series uh, to ever come out. Easily my favorite game series of like the last you know fifteen years or, or whatever. Um, and I think everything Dean said about Uncharted is, is true. Um, just, you know, just super fun. I, I think maybe I'm kind of hearing people underplay the, uh, the gameplay aspect of it. I think the whole kind of like encounters in that game are really interesting to me because they usually start off as stealth. 
then kind mm -hmm. of in evolving to like platforming and then if you're like you know when you if you make a mistake then it kind of turns to a shooter that is more or less difficult kind of depending on how well you did in those earlier aspects just yeah just i i just dug that game so much but the thing with overwatch that stands out to me makes a game of the year is every single thing they put in that game is exceptional uh whereas you know you put in an archer character shooting his bow feels great R running up the walls of him is fantastic you put in this like time traveling character right wow does that work great you know going jumping forward uh rewinding uh, everything like that so like every character at what they do they feel unique and they feel good and not just to like gameplay like that like oh we want to make um a level that looks like the old west what a cool level look at all this detail this, this is so neat here's the hollywood level oh this is awesome this is just awesome too look at every little thing here it's interesting just never a boring second in that game i'm still learning things about it even you know obviously they're mm -hmm. updating it with content all the time which which helps too new characters these holiday events new maps new modes but just and i play that game almost every day sometimes for hours with friends and i'm just never have come close to being bored with it mm -hmm. and that's what i have to say about that Jason, I think uh, I'm wondering if you have any thoughts so on this. So I have a couple thoughts about Overwatch versus Uncharted 4. So first of all, for Uncharted, you have to be into it to really get into it. And I'm not. I've never been into Uncharted. I don't like the series. I'm a very big outlier there. Um, I'd rather watch it as a movie. Uh, the, the cinematics distract me. They break up the gameplay and the float for me. And the story, I think, is something that you know, you'd find it a second-rate novel. Um, it's never been my thing. Um, Overwatch is something that I've never been into either. It's a team shooter. And for the first time, I got into a team shooter. And I fell in love with Overwatch the first time I played it. I don't play it a lot anymore. And it's not because of criticism of the game. It's just because, you know, as the year went on, there were so many other things coming out that I felt like I needed to try to get into and play. Uh, but what I really love about Overwatch are three things. Number one, Uncharted comes out, people play it, and then they moved on. No one talks about it. And the only time I've heard anyone talk about it since it came out is right now because people are talking about games of the year. Overwatch is a game that some people have talked about every day since it came down. And what I mean by some people is there are some people out there on Twitter who talk about playing Overwatch every single day and who are out in the forums commenting about it every single day. The emergent stories that come out of their sessions playing, people play it just for the mechanics, and they just love how good it feels. Because let's face it, there's one thing Blizzard's really good at is coming up and making mechanics work very well. Um, there's, these characters do have backstories. The backstories doesn't always make sense in terms of the moment-to-moment -moment gameplay. You know, why are they all fighting each other? They're all going to be together there at once trying mm -hmm. to save the world. But at the same time, you know, no one really cares about that because each of these characters not only has an in-game story, but they've made their own stories. And, and we've seen that with Tracer. Um, and last week, you know, Tracer comes out as part of the LGBTQ community and in that comic. And the stories that people have made up in their mind don't always jive up with what they 
it's coming out of Blizzard. Now, you know, that's I'm not going to get into the rightness or wrongness, morality or whatever there. It's just the fact that these people had stories that they made about this character. And you don't have those kind of stories for the characters in Charted. Their story is what is being told by Naughty Dog. And I really respect games that let you make your own stories. I think there's, um, I, I'm sure there's headcanon for Uncharted, um, but it, it's, you, I see what you're saying. It is different. Uh, at the same time, I also think Uncharted's characters are, are very good and they're not, they're not a second rate novel level character. Even if, if I agree with you that the plot and the story is, I don't mind that because I think Indiana Jones can be a second rate novel. Yeah. Plot, well, Indiana you know, Jones is totally as well. Uh, but, but, and it's about characters, but if, if, if I, if I say what the strongest part of Uncharted 4 is, um, it's the characters and it is the exquisite design. It, it, maybe it's worth but considering would, that Uncharted 4 does have a fully fleshed multiplayer mode and nobody really seems to care about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just there because they wanted to keep people, people playing and no one did. Uh, Dean, I think you're muted. Um, uh, let me, I'll just finish up real quick. Uh, it, the, so Uncharted has exquisite design. It has great characters, and yet I think Overwatch has better I'm design and Uncharted better characters. Haters. Gets sick in me, but ugh. I, I don't hate it. It's it's not in my top ten, but it's also it was never going to be because it's never the kind of game that that I respond to. Um, but Dean, you were you were saying? I was saying that Minati should remember that un, that the uh, <laughs> the Crash Bandicoot scene, right? Yeah. Was was there anything done as well in video games as that particular scene? Uh, it was, yeah. That was very clever. That was very cool. Um, I was actually a bigger fan of the fact that Monkey Island was referenced constantly in Uncharted 4. That was like, <laughs> I felt like that was done just for me. But honestly, no, the moments I remember more, just like holding down the last point on Watchpoint Gibraltar and getting three headshots off as, as Widowmaker. And then my friend comes in like, I have an ult! And just shooting down her mail and everybody freezes and there's like a second left. And so many of that. And that is the greatest I felt playing video games this, uh, this year is those kind of moments just happening from Uncharted. <laughs> I mean, from Overwatch. I um, well, I liked Overwatch as well, but uh, uh, it's not as much. But it does sound like it's three to one. I think, uh, I think, one, I think, I think it's kind of the the yeah. it comes down to. It. I'm Dean. I'm so sorry. I feel like I beat down on Dean in these De- things. Defeated I again. I know. I feel yeah, like Dean. You're going to win one of these. Well, it's like every year I get I get beaten uh, down. Dean, you got <laughs> yeah, but you got to remember you rallied Battlefield onto the list from you, it being you, gone. You rallied, yeah, you and you Call of Duty these positions. So yeah, you have more personal. Yeah. You have oh, more personal things on here. Better now. Yeah, that's right. You have more of your personal picks on here than us. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Oh, I kind of made. I um, made up pretty good in the top five years. Oh, you shut up! This know, is almost right. my top I five. I did too. Yeah, this is not bad. Um, okay, I yeah. Started voting block. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh man, you guys are right, gonna go to war now. Part two. Oh, don't worry. Hang together worry. on that one. <laughs> All right, uh, guys. I think we have our top ten. I, I think what's, but, but tell what's me. really interesting go here, Jason. though, is the fact is okay. Here we got four guys. Uh, pretty different tastes. No, 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 let me finish. You know, you know, we're all immersed in gaming in our own ways and together as the way Gamespeak covers games for the more business and tech focus. But at the same time, you know, we have such distinct tastes. And some of the games that we're championing are games that you're not seeing other atlas outlets talk about. Sure, they didn't make our final list, but... I think it, yeah, and I'm it, glad I'm, it, that's what and that's what I like about this process too. It is shows that did you know there's there's very interesting breadth in here, and 
why the fact you've got you know you've got two middle-aged guys and two young white guys here younger white guys um shows that we're not necessarily all playing just the big triple a games yeah that i think that's a bigger point about gaming is you can be whoever you want inside of video games right now because there is something out there for you there's probably like 10 to 15 games out there coming out every year that are going to make you really happy um so yeah let's recount this top 10 um and i i I echo what you said jason that was uh well, well, well said so number one overwatch then we have uncharted titanfall 2 doom Final Fantasy 15, Hitman, Civ 6, Battlefield 1, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, and Darkest Dungeon. I'm happy. Quite happy. That's a that's a that's a good list. Um, I'm, I'm, might have to all pitch in and get Dean a, a present or something. Yeah, we'll we'll send, we'll send him some chocolates or something. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I when when Overwatch came out in May, and by the end of that month, I was like playing it. I'm like, Doom is really good, and Uncharted 4 that was fun. But Overwatch, I'm like, at that point, I, I think I even tweeted, I'm like, I'm going to have to count on Mike to make sure that <laughs> Overwatch beats Uncharted, because uh, I knew Dean was going to be pretty heavy into it. So, hey, it worked I, out. I, I, I feel a little it. dirty, to be honest, still, but... I know, yeah. There yeah. it is. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. I just All right, really guys, um, that was a two-hour podcast uh, for Game of the Year. We'll, we'll come back. Maybe we'll, we'll have to do our anticipated 2017 uh, next week. This is way too long, so... Thanks everyone for listening. Um, let me see. I have uh, some things to say to wrap up. I think it's just you can get us on gamesbeat.com. The email address is games plus, po- uh, plus podcast adventurebeat.com. And then uh, let's start with Jason. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on the internet? Well, they can find me at Gamesbeat, of course. You can find me on Twitter at Jason underscore Wilson, all lowercase. And then Mike? Uh, you can find me at Tolkoto at Twitter, and I'm also on GamesBeat in the uh, Exploding Barrel podcast at ebpodcast.com. Oh, that's right. And mm-hmm. and send your condolences to Dean. Where at, Dean? I'm uh, Dean Tech on Twitter <clears throat> and at GamesBeat. Cool. And I'm uh, yeah, I'm Jeff Grubb on, uh, on Twitter. I think I don't have the rundown in front of me, Mike, so if you wrote a bunch of funny words in my name this time. No, sadly, I don't have the rundown. All right. So, uh, yeah, and I'm on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Jeffrey Grum. Thanks, everyone, for watching. I really appreciate you uh, sticking with us and hearing it. If you agree or disagree, let us know. And if you do, we'll maybe talk about it on the next podcast. This was Games Beat Decides. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Happy New Year, everyone. Yeah, Happy New Year. Happy New Year.